The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Robert, and I'm your host. It is Sunday. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, it's Sunday, December 12th. If you're listening to the podcast on the audio version, it's probably Monday. It's certainly Monday, December 13th, because... Excuse me. Uh, because you wouldn't possibly be able to listen to the podcast because we wouldn't have finished it until Monday. So, make sure and subscribe on youtube youtube.com slash pick six i had a bunch of tabs that started firing off the podcast audio i don't know if you could hear it or not but it's terrifying me um it's like seven me's talking in my house it's very weird anywho subscribe rate and review on apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcast and if you are watching on youtube we'd love to have you we go live sunday night monday night thursday night thursday at 1 p.m for our pick show and of course ryan wilson does a mock draft show at 1 p.m wilson will be joining us shortly for now it's myself and john breach we'll probably dive right in break down bears uh bears packers and we'll let uh we'll let wilson come on and when he gets done with his hq duties right is that the plan nobody tells me the plan i just show up and just go along with it i just sit in this chair and then sometimes like the screen pops up and they're like if hey, you you're, told you're me alive. that we had to interview a snail for the next five minutes i would just go <laughs> along with it uh breach do you want to, yeah, you know what? We'll let Wilson get here first before we dive into how your day was or you know, how, how your day may or may that, not that's have been. That's mean. That's mean. I'm a mean person. I'm called for. 45 to 30. Did I miss anything off the top? Did I forget anything? I don't know why I'm so flustered. I'm Are flustered. you thinking about giving away a hat? Oh, that's right. We're going to give away a hat, a Brinson Sucks hat. If you want to win it, hit the like button. If we get to 150, that is the number Debo has given me. We will give away a hat to someone in the chat. Yes, the chat has pointed out that Breach got a haircut. That is the other important business of note. Cut it all off. That was the whole thing. I had a lot of hair, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to get rid of the mop, and uh, we'll see if my wife likes it. She hasn't seen it yet. Last time I got a haircut, my kid didn't recognize me. How do you feel about that? She was only like 12 months old, and she looked at me and did not know who I was. If I shaved my beard, I think Robbie would be freaked out. But my dad, my dad had a mustache. 150 likes Brinson shaves his beard and then films it when he says hi to his kid. Nah, I don't feel like being like okay, a thousand. Maybe in the spring we'll shave it. <laughs> if we got a thousand likes on this on this podcast on this podcast, 
Uh, yes, I will. I will get. No, you know what? I'm not. I'm not guaranteeing that either. Because I had to do a bunch of video this week, and I'll be all like, I'm not gonna be able to get sun on my face and seen a bunch of sun. You'll have the facial farmer tan. Yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a, a farmer's tan, and and I'll probably be all fat and pasty. So I don't feel like doing that. Uh, but you know, if you want to get to a thousand likes, that'd be great. Let's get to 150 and give away a hat that reminds everyone that I do indeed suck. So let's dive into the games: Bears and Packers on Sunday night. It felt like the first quarter, this is going to be a boring, you know, not a standard game because the Bears actually came out and scored uh, a field goal to go up 3 nothing. That was a score at the end of the first quarter. And then in the second quarter breach, there were 42 points scored in just a flurry of scoring. An insane, just, you know, Justin Fields hits Jakeem Grant for a 46-yard touchdown. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, marches the Packers down on an 11-play, 75-yard drive, hits Alan Lazard. Uh, Justin Fields pick six immediately thereafter to put the Packers up 14-10. Fields hits uh, Demarius Bird for a 54-yard touchdown. I feel like most of these touchdowns were not like deep passes, but I mean, look, Fields is putting the stats either way. Um, then uh, they had a, uh, a Jakeem Grant house is a punt return, 97 yards. Rodgers marches down the field quickly, 48-second drive, hits uh, Devontae Adams for a touchdown, and Kyra Santos kicks a field goal to make it 27-21 Bears at the end of the first half it was i would argue that it was maybe the craziest quarter we've seen in football this year just in terms of like just like like rapid fire scoring it was pretty nuts it was nuts i I would throw in the steelers chargers fourth quarter sunday night football when the steelers were down 27 to 10 that's the only thing and, and it's sunday night football so maybe it's just something with chris collinsworth and al michaels being there but they were down 27 to 10 and then lost that game 41 to 37. So that was pretty bonkers. This one wasn't just crazy because of the amount of points that got scored in the second quarter. It was, they were all big plays. You had uh, Jakeem Grant. You mentioned all the touchdowns, Brinson, but you had the 46 yard, uh, he had a 46 yard catch, 97 yard punt return. There was a pick six in there uh, that went for 55 yards. Then we saw uh, another Bears receiver catch a 54 yard pass. And then the one you mentioned from Devontae Adams, 38 yards. This was the first time in NFL history there was a quarter where five touchdowns were scored that went for 35 yards or more. That's how bonkers this quarter was. And usually when you see crazy things happen, it's it's the fourth quarter because that's when teams kind of have their back against the wall and more crazy things. Not in the second quarter. And you know what? It made this game worth it because, you know, this had a 12 and a half point spread. Everybody's expecting the Bears to get to get blown out. And if you did not watch this game, you just see the final score the next day. You're going to be like, eh, that's what I expected. That's I'm glad I didn't watch Packers one by 15. Uh, you probably expected it to be like 30 to 15, not 45 to 30. So I was glad the Bears kept this entertaining with a few big plays, but they couldn't really sustain any drives and they were horrible in the second half. There were 33 total points scored in the rest of the game. I mean, like it wasn't exactly a shootout, right? Three points in the first quarter. Um, we got a uh, what? Uh, two touchdowns and a field goal from the Packers in the in the third quarter. That's it's basically put it away because Green Bay was up 38-27. I mean, the game wasn't over, but Matt Nagy, by the way, punted on fourth and inches with down 11 on the road in the fourth quarter against Aaron Rodgers in a divisional game. Season on the line, people calling for him to be fired. It was a pretty from his own thirty six, and I, I, I don't, don't defend I don't him. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That sounded like you're about to defend him. No, I was gonna blast him for it. Okay, it was terrible, terrible. So blast him. Blast away. Yeah, I mean, like you. I mean, what? 
what, what what's the goal of the punt? Like you got to go there. It was it was it was weird because they were in this. They came into this game with Aaron Rodgers. The whole storyline was I own you. Rodgers has dominated the Bears. He's now tied tied Bart Starr for the most wins all time by a Packers quarterback against the Bears. They, you know, NBC threw up that stat where it's like, here are the last six coaches for the Bears. They're 14 and 43. I guess 14 and 44 now against the Packers because of Rodgers and Favre. And yet, and so like, with, I guess with all that context, you know, knowing you get in this game and you're going back and forth with the Packers and it feels like a even contest or an even match. And then to punt there was a bizarre wave of the white flag after the Packers had scored three straight times to turn your six point lead into an 11 point deficit. And, and the thing is the bears hadn't really stopped the Packers at all in the second half that the Packers scored on the first three possessions of the half. Their defense had dead. The bears defense had done absolutely nothing to prove that they could stop green Bay. So by punting it, you're just giving it to Aaron Rodgers so they can run more time off the clock. And that's exactly what they did because uh, the Packers got the ball back with uh, just over 13 minutes left. They ran eight and a half minutes off the clock and guess what they they can't do that if if you punt it if you go for it and you don't get it they, they literally cannot run eight they and a half only minutes have 30 off the yards clock. to work with exactly yeah. and then if you go for it and you get it you're still in the game and it was fourth and inches it was not fourth and one it was fourth and about two inches because after they got hit with that five yard penalty it said fourth and five so like it literally right, was not right. fourth and six it was still fourth and five and uh you know sure the bears are the argument for why the NFL should change their punt return and kickoff onside kick rules where the, the kicking team can't advance a ball. Right. Uh, Cause they somehow had two touchdowns called back, which is not called back. I mean, it's, it's a rule that's been in place forever, but th- I've never seen scored two touchdowns that they were allowed to advance muff punts or, muff, or onside kicks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so for that to happen to one team was kind of crazy, but other than that, the fourth and one play was really the, the pivotal turning point in the game. Like Matt Nagy, you got to go for it. Your season's on the line. You're, you're on the hot seat. You know, this, that, if that, that's a fire extinguisher. If you get it, you put out the hot seat, but no, you didn't. And now you're just on fire. I, I mean, I, I would argue that if the Packers, I mean, if the Bears beat the Packers in Lambeau on Sunday night and got to five and eight, that Matt Nagy may have saved his job. If Justin, you know, Justin Fields plays well, they're like, all right, you know, starting to turn the corner with this rookie quarterback. The Bears had 27 points in the first half, and a lot of it was a little fluky. You know, the bet should have been. Packers second half. I got lucky and hit the second half over. Um, I also I, I was about to bet the team or the the total in the game when the Packers picked six, and I was like, ooh, maybe I should bet the live under at 49 and a half. And somebody talked me out of it. Thank goodness. Like that, that was dead immediately. Um, but the Bears had 27 points in the first half and two net yards in the third quarter. Like they were very fluky in the first half with how they scored, got some jailbreaks, got lucky. And Green Bay is just a much better team, and that showed out in the second half, which is exactly why Nagy has to go for it in a fourth down like that because you're overmatched. You're up against a vastly superior opponent who, by the way, would love nothing more than to beat the crap out of you and not to take – not to, like, be aggressive in, in that position. If it's on your own 13, I get it. Maybe. But you're on 36? Like you said, Breach – the Pack, you know, Packers up eleven. They're probably going to settle for a field goal, or they're going to run three minutes off the clock. Either way, you don't you don't want to give them the ball and allow them the chance to run at eight minutes off the clock, which is what they do. Aaron Rodgers milks the clock. He did just that, and um, as as a result, yeah, and not only did you punt it so that you know the Packers wouldn't get the ball close to your end zone if they stopped you, but the Packers scored a touchdown anyway. So your dumb strategy backfired. 
Uh, and now you look even worse for not having gone for it on fourth and one. So, yeah, I thought, I mean, come on. I just, that that was it. That one, The game was felt like it was over after the Packers went up 38-27. But that was the final nail in the coffin was Matt Nagy not going for it there. So the Packers at 10 and three are tied with Tampa Bay for the number two spot. Or sorry, the Packers have the number two spot. Tampa Bay is number three, also at 10 and three. Uh, as a result of their conference record, Green Bay gets the number two seed. Arizona at 10 and two is still the one seed. I think there is a very good chance that the Packers end up securing that number one seed because of their, and it's, it's, this is going to be dicey the next month or so as we try and do playoff stuff and predict season into season records because you're like of their next four games i'm like wait how did they have four games they're 10 and three um because now we have 18 games or seven you know, 18 weeks 17 games of their four remaining games at the ravens next week but lamar jackson is probably unlikely to play he was carted off with an ankle injury maybe he can play but he will be limited at, at best then on christmas day they host the browns then they host the Vikings on January 2nd. I believe that is, is a primetime game. I'm not sure whether it's it's a primetime game. And then they're at the Lions on January 9th. They are all I, – I feel like if you were betting on teams to secure the number one seed in the NFC, the Packers are probably the best bet, right? Mm, I might be betting the Buccaneers. You would bet the Buccaneers over the Packers, even with the tiebreaker? I mean – they have the comp. So if they both go four and zero, the Packers win it, right? Yeah, I guess the Buccaneers do have an easier schedule, maybe. Yeah, the Buccaneers have the easiest remaining schedule. Uh, but I mean, that, that's a huge, huge deal. Is the conference record? They have that one game advantage. As long as the Packers don't slip up, yeah. I mean, I'm like fifty-one forty-nine. They have two more wins and one less loss. But in theory, you know, Tampa would. What is, Tampa would pay, uh, they would, you know, they would get three wins here. So Tampa could get to, uh, what did I say? Uh, nine and three. I mean, if the, I don't know, I think the Packers are probably a better bet. And Arizona has to play, uh, I believe, I mean, they obviously have to play the Rams on Monday night. That, that'll, you know, that'll go a long way into determining. They get the Lions, they get the Colts. So they have, and then the Cowboys and the Seahawks to close out. I think the Packers look like a pretty good uh, – they have a good chance to secure the number one seed. They're, if they just win out, they're probably going to get it. It would be my guess. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I, the Buccaneers, I think, are the their main competition. because I think the Cardinals – Cardinals have to play the Colts, the Rams, the Cowboys. I, I do not think the Cardinals are going to win out. So if either the Buccaneers or the Packers can, then they get the one seed. By the way, the uh, redacted playoff machine is now online. I just looked. Week 14, they fired it up. So we'll be able to play with those scenarios and determine that as we keep moving. And look, the, I mean, the Packers could go to Baltimore and lose to the Ravens if Lamar Jackson plays and is somehow healthy. So you know, certainly not. Uh, yeah, you're right. The, the, the Bucs have an easier schedule. I, I, they get the Panthers twice. The Panthers are absolute trash. Anywho, let's move on to the next game, unless you think there's anything else we need to cover from that. Oh, I have two fun facts real quick. Perfect. Jakeem Grant's 97-yard punt return for a touchdown was the longest in Bears franchise history, oh. which is kind of insane when you consider that is the team Devin Hester played for, and he had 13 punt return touchdowns with Chicago, uh, but none of them topped 97. Number two, 
Jakeem Grant's punt return was also the first punt return for a touchdown in the NFL this year. This is the week 14 recap. We have not seen one for 13 weeks, and we finally get one on Sunday night of week 14. Hit that like button so we can give you guys a hat in the YouTube chat. We uh, try to give one away every single primetime game. Princeton sucks hats. Uh, our buddy Lewis Dawes sent a bunch to Ryan Wilson and to Debo, and we will be giving them away. So smash that like button. It's right there on your computer or on your phone. Bucks 33, Bills 27. Um, there are two games, and we'll talk about this one first because we'll wait for Wilson to get here before we talk about the other one. Two games in the 4 o'clock window that really made this a fun NFL Sunday. It felt like it had been a couple weeks since we had just like some like, like juice to the, the – like some meat on the bone of the schedule, and we got it in the 4 p.m. windows because the Bucks and Bills went to overtime and in just an insane game that was begging for people to be old takes exposed after the Buccaneers got a huge lead on the Bills, and then Buffalo somehow just like fired their way back into the game at one point – Tampa was up 24. Tampa was up 24 to 3 at halftime. This game's over. Like you're thinking, all right, under the whole way, second half, you know, Bucks are going to melt play clock, run the football down the Bills' throats. Uh, and yet, Buffalo uh, managed to score quickly, uh, I believe fairly quickly. Uh, in the, no, the, the, the Buccaneers were up 24 to 3 with eight minutes left in the third quarter. Oh, that's right. They didn't score quickly. It was like, and it was like, oh, the, coming back from halftime, there was, um, that's what it was. Tracy Wolfson, I, I was, I almost like, I tried to rewind. I tried to like find it on a second TV and rewind it because I, I was like, did she really say that? I didn't want to, you know, coworker, don't want to misquote her. She said that Sean McDermott was, quote, extremely emotional and, quote, at a loss for words going into the tunnel at halftime. They're down 24 3, and the guy's like losing his mind because his team's playing so poorly. He's having this two week long meltdown because he's been owned by Belichick and Tom Brady, which I, I kind of get. I mean, you know, Brady leaves with the Bucks, and you're thinking, and you you win the division in in the COVID year, and you're thinking, hey, this is ours now. And all of a sudden, you're just being, you're still being smacked around by both of them. Um, so they're down twenty four three. The Bills score a touchdown with seven thirty four to go in the third quarter to make it twenty four ten. Bucks didn't seem really intent on being aggressive, settled for a field goal, and then Buffalo just ripped off. 17 straight points to make it 27 all. And it's a crazy, a wild ending. Josh Allen left everything on the field, suffered uh, either a foot or an ankle, I believe an ankle injury maybe, was in a walking boot after the game, became just the fourth quarterback along with Russ Wilson, Cam Newton, and Lamar Jackson, I believe, to throw for 300 yards and run for 100 yards in a single game. Dude was an animal. I think that that was kind of a moral victory for the Bills. Do you agree? Uh, no, I, I mean, okay. I think that they got, they got annihilated for the first two and a half quarters. And so if anything, you're thinking, God, if we would have just played okay football, average football in the first or second quarter, we probably win this game, but they just came out and fell flat on their face. They, they didn't run the ball a single time. That was the first time in forever that uh, a team did not give the ball to a running back for a single carry since 1974, I believe where a team didn't have a single carry in the first half In the first half. So, and I mean, it's one thing to go in with that strategy because you're thinking, Hey, the Buccaneers are the best run defense in football. We're not going to run on them. And then guess what? The strategy totally backfired in your face. Cause all, you're trailing 24 to three at halftime. And so, you know, their game plan was definitely better in the second half, but also it seemed like the Buccaneers kind of, 
were playing it a little safer on both offense and defense. They didn't want to give a big play because they didn't want the Bills to be able to just jump right back into it. Uh, but the Bills offense did look a lot better. And one thing I thought was interesting, and I, I know a lot of Bills fans were not happy about this, was the refs refused to call pass interference on anything involving Stefan Diggs. There was one where he had his jersey just straight up pulled that absolutely should have been called. There were at least two more questionable ones. And these were all in the fourth quarter during pivotal moments of the game. And, and so, you know, that's all you're going to hear Bills fans complain about is, hey, look, Tom Brady's team always gets the calls. That is what kind of what it seems like. Um, but this was a wild game. It was a wild ride. It, you know, I just couldn't I couldn't believe it got to overtime. Yeah, I mean, the game was over. We were like laughing at the Bills and how the Bills, I mean, people were having a field day with the Bills. Like, oh, the Bills are done. The Bills won't even make the playoffs. The Bills have completely lost everything. And then suddenly the Bills were tied 27 all. I, I didn't, I don't know that it was, sometimes I think it's hard to read too much. Sometimes you have to be careful, I think, about reading too much into a crazy comeback like that. Like, we, the Bills are, the Bills are a, upper tier team in the NFL. They're not playing like it right now. And they fell to seven and six, which is, I cannot believe is happening. And now, um, but they have, so they have to beat, wait, do they have, who do they have? They have the three very winnable games. And then the Patriots again on Monday night, or uh, maybe not Monday night, the Patriots again in Foxborough, they have to win all four of those to hit the over on their win total, which is a absolute kick in the junk considering how good this team looked before the season and how quickly, yeah, I thought that they would get to 11 wins and how much money I put on that. So um, other than that, though, like, I mean, they're, they're now the seven seed. I mean, how concerned are you breach that this team might just miss the playoffs? I mean, you have to be concerned. You look at the rest of their schedule. Like you said, that Patriots game looms large because at seven and six, if you lose that Patriots game, the best you're doing is 10 and seven. And that's if you win the rest of your games. And yes, you know, beating the Panthers and Falcons and Jets at home, they seem like layups, but you know, it seemed like a layup a, a few other games. The Jacksonville game back in November seemed like a layup and they lost nine to six. So you just, you can't count on anything. Um, but that being said, I would still, just because how the bill schedule breaks down, you know, you get to play a team, the Panthers, Atlanta, two teams from the South have to go to Orchard Park have to go to Buffalo in the dead of winter and play outdoors. That's that's uh, definitely advantage Bills. So um, the Bills have largely, I think, scroll. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I said largely. They lost six to nine to the Jaguars, which is humiliating. Scroll up a little bit on that, Devo. Just, I'm just curious how, because they, I feel like they beat up on most of the bad teams pretty well. Like, yeah, I mean, they've they're they have one win over a team that currently has a winning record and that is the chiefs. Their only bad loss is to the Jack, like in terms of losing to a bad team in a game that they were supposed to win is to the Jaguars. I feel pretty confident that Buffalo, assuming Josh Allen is healthy, has enough in the tank to take care of Carolina. They'll beat Carolina by like 60 points. Carolina is terrible. I mean, we'll get to them later on the podcast. They should handle Atlanta easily. And they should take care of the Jets. All three of those games are at home. All three of those games are against really bad football teams. And Buffalo knows they have to win them to get in. The only problem, my only concern is that, you know, and by the way, they're, you know, two and four in their last six games. My only concern is that there appears to be something mentally that is kind of rocking the boat in Buffalo. Again, as it sort of relates to 
Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I mean, like these, like Sean, I mean, Sean McDermott is on tilt the last two weeks. And it's all because Belichick passed the ball three times against him on Monday Night Football and beat him in, in uh, Orchard Park. So I, I am concerned about the Bills. I think they will easily get to 10 wins. I don't think that 10 wins guarantees them a playoff berth. It's likely they get in with 10, but they lose the head-to-head if it's just them and the Colts. So, and Indy's coming on strong. If if they beat the Pats in New England, I think they'll get into the playoffs because I think they'll win all four games. If not, I am extremely concerned about their playoff hopes. Yeah, and well, I mean, like the Colts still have to play the Patriots and Cardinals, so they have an equally tough schedule. I mean, I like the Bills. I mean, obviously, you don't want to lose these two clutch games. As you said, all their losses, except for the Jacksonville one, so five of their six losses are to pretty good teams, and they've done a good job of beating up on the bad teams, and they have three pretty bad teams left on their schedule. So, uh, you know, you don't feel good about yourself right now if you're a Bills fan, but you look at the rest of the schedule and you think, all right, okay, we can still make the playoffs. The uh, Bills, by the way, according to 538, and just they update their stuff right away. It's just I know it's updated because I can see the record seven to six. Um, the Bills have a 67% chance to make the playoffs, which is, is down from what they were. Yeah, they were uh they, they looked like a team that was locked into the playoffs and cruising, maybe even to the division. And now they have been absolutely scoop slammed for the Buccaneers. They are uh I don't think we talked about this earlier. I don't believe they've clinched the division. In fact, I'm pretty confident they didn't clinch the division, right? They need like uh, three. Th- yeah, they haven't because there's, yeah, they, they have not because the Saints can still the theoretically Saints, go 10 and seven, and the Buccaneers go 10 and seven, and the Saints would have the tiebreaker because they swept them. The Saints, the Bucs needed the Saints and Panthers to lose and a win over the Bills to get there. But that means that playing at uh, New Orleans next week. At ten and three, with the Saints at six and seven in Tampa Bay as a double-digit favorite, were the Saints were the Bucks to win that game? I believe that they will clinch. Yes, the NFC they South. Will. Yeah, their first division title since I think two thousand seven. Yep, because they won the Super Bowl last year, but did not, of course, win the division. So Tampa Bay looking to go clinch the NFC South next week. I, I mean, I don't know what to. I mean, Tom the. The, the Bucs are ridiculous. If if you were picking, I think the Bucs are my number one pick to win the Super Bowl if we were doing the Super Bowl draft over again. The Packers, I have no problem with. But the Bucs look awesome. I mean, they got Brashad Perryman involved in a walk-off touchdown. <laughs> this guy was cut by the Lions, and he's winning games with the Buccaneers. Literally his only catch of the game comes in overtime, and he takes it 58 yards to the house. Uh, Tom Brady's awesome. I mean, Tom Brady knows how to get everyone involved. Tom Brady is like, awesome. Perriman, don't worry about it, man. If you, I didn't throw you a single ball for four quarters. I'll get you involved in overtime. Don't worry. And then, boom, he's catching the game-winning pass. I mean, you think you've got everyone covered. You're like, hey, we've got Mike Evans locked up. We've got Chris Godwin locked up. Hey, we've got Gronk double team here in overtime. There's no way Brady can beat us. And he's throwing the ball to Perriman. You know that? What can you do? You just Tom Brady is smarter than everybody else in the field. That's the problem. 31 of 46 for 363 yards, two touchdowns. Chris Goblin had another double-digit catch, uh, double catch game, 10 catches, 105 yards. Mike Evans also caught a touchdown. Perryman, as we mentioned, the TD as well. Fournette had a 47-yard touchdown run, 113 yards on 19 carries. He, he really has been everything the Jaguars drafted him to be uh, since he got to Tampa Bay. It's, it's, it's kind of hilarious. 
just how good uh, Uncle Lynn has looked. Also, Tom Brady extended his streak or extended his record for most wins by a starting quarterback against a single opponent, 33 over the Bills. And he had, so Tom Brady has two, his longest streak against one opponent, longest win streak against one opponent is 13 games. It's against the Bills. His fifth longest streak is against against one opponent is also against the Bills. And it is currently, it is alive. He extended it to 10 with this win. Doesn't play him twice, twice a year anymore. So he has two double-digit win streaks against a single opponent in his career. That is pretty wild. That and he's also 107-1 and all-time when his team holds a lead of 21 points or more, uh, which would have made it absolutely shocking if he had lost. And the irony, or the coincidence, I mean, uh, his only loss came in 2011 to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. There you go. Is it, what, what's the irony coincidence? The coincidence it happened to the Bills. Okay. That it almost happened to the Bills in this game, and the only other time it's happened in his career was to the Bills. By the way, Tom Brady at one point had more rushing yards and rushing attempts than the Buffalo Bills, which was kind of funny. Brady hated the Bills. You see in the first half how bad he wanted to win. Yeah, he he, he hates. I don't know why he hates the Bills. He had a 12-yard run. He like It was a play where he got beat up on the play before, and then he got upset at a couple players. Next play, he decides to scramble for 12 yards, and it looked like he was ready to fight every single Bills player on the field. Tom Brady also... Past Drew Brees for most completions in NFL history. Brady now at 7,143. Brees 7,125. Smash that like button if you are in the YouTube chat. We are flying up there. We are definitely going to give away a hat tonight. A Brinson sucks hat to some lucky winner. Browns, Ravens. Browns 24, Ravens 22. I have no earthly idea how this game ended up closing with the Browns winning by two points. I bet the Browns a bunch live when Lamar Jackson got out. He was or when he was injured, ankle injury, he was ruled out. And somehow the freaking Ravens stormed back. They scored, uh, I believe the Browns didn't score after halftime. The Ravens had a uh J- Justin Tucker was banging long field goals all afternoon. He had uh, two 50 plus yarders and a 40, I thought he had a 40 eight yarder so 42 yarder um they scored a they scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter had a field goal in the third quarter browns are up 24 to 6 at halftime after tucker made a field goal with uh with with just six seconds left in the half and then the ravens did all the scoring in the second half baker mayfield also left this game at one point case keenum uh, came in but actually didn't throw a pass they were just handing off to nick chubb I don't really know what you make of this game breach, but it was enormous for the Browns playoff hopes. Thanks to other things that occurred around the NFL. Yeah. I I mean, I think the big takeaway here is, is Lamar Jackson healthy. Look, the Browns barely held off a a Ravens team that was run by a backup quarterback. And if Lamar Jackson's just out for a week or two weeks, uh, that's trouble for the Ravens. And that's uh, everybody else in the, AFC North is going to have to take advantage of that. Cause if you don't have Lamar, you have the Packers and the Bengals over the next two weeks. Uh, you know, you're very, 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 uh, you don't have a great grip on first place in that division right now. And, and, yeah, and you're closing with the Rams and the Steelers. So these are dicey times. If you're a Ravens fan, right? You really can't afford to be missing Lamar Jackson for any extended period of time. And so it's hard to say, I mean, the Browns came up with a couple big defensive plays. We saw the strip sack, 
which was probably the biggest play in the entire game for Miles Garrett and then uh, picking up and rumbling 15 yards for a touchdown. And that put up the Browns 24 to three and they didn't have to score the rest of the game because that was enough because the Ravens offense just hasn't been good. I, I don't think they scored a single point while Lamar Jackson was in there. So they just continue to struggle and Tyler Huntley played pretty well. But, you know, the Browns weren't expecting him to play. When you have a, a somewhat talented backup quarterback come in who you weren't expecting, uh, they can play well. That happens. But, you know, he's not going to have that element of surprise when they play the Packers next week or if he's still the starter when they play the Bengals in two weeks or uh, when they play the Rams or Steelers. So as long as he's on the field, teams are going to start scouting him. They're going to have two and a half quarters of uh, tape to look at here. Um, but, man, this is just makes the AFC North way more interesting going forward with the Browns winning this. Oh, absolutely. And uh, John Harbaugh said it is an ankle sprain for Lamar Jackson. John Harbaugh said we'll evaluate it tomorrow. It is, man, it's hard to imagine. Lamar Jackson's tough as hell. I wouldn't be shocked if he played. I don't know that you want Lamar Jackson playing with a sprained ankle. Right. With his style of football, he's just going to run. It's not, it's very going to be very easy for him to re-injure it. You know, you're getting hits all the time. You're trying to run around all the time. Uh, In a contract year? And I don't think that'll play in for Lamar. I just don't, you know, he doesn't have an agent. He's going to do him. He's going to go out there and play. I think he believes that the the Ravens will do right by him no matter what. And, you know, we saw like with Dak Prescott, you shatter your ankle and you're still going to get paid because, you know, modern medicine and, and whatnot has progressed far enough that we're not too worried about it. But it, it's dicey because, hey, Wilson, what's up? Hello there, fellas. How are we doing? Good. You know, you're talking about, I was listening to you uh, in the uh, stream green. green room. Yeah. Talking How about are the stuff. snacks and the drinks in there. No, uh, in the stream yard. There's not the Devo. Oh, no, no, no. How are the, we provide snacks and drinks to our guests? Uh, Devo had it under lock and key. You had to put a quarter oh. in. That's not surprising. Not We've surprising. heard you ate all the Fig Newtons last time. <laughs> I yeah. love Fig Newtons. And the poof balls, the cheesy poof balls. And Danish weddings. But what I was listening to you talk about, you know, those are great. The white what? powder cookies, Danish weddings. I've stuff. never heard them called that. Oh, okay. Anyway, here's the thing. I do wonder what if Lamar Jackson isn't better, but he's more efficient uh, hobbled. Because the the talk the last few weeks, maybe month, is that NFL teams have sort of figured out you don't rush him to tackle him, to sack him. You rush him to slow him up. So then he can't run and he has to make decisions. That's sort of what the Steelers did. That's what the Dolphins did. Um, TJ Watt loves sacking people. He did a really good job of sort of, quote, unquote, containing Lamar. If Lamar can't run, maybe he's forced then again, uh, then to, to make better decisions with the football and make, perhaps make them quicker. And, you know, the Baker versus Case Keenum conversation. Yeah. 75% of Dak, uh, excuse me, Lamar is better than 100% of Tyler Hundley. Yeah. The, my thing with Lamar is you have to kind of play it. It's, it's really tricky because you want to make sure that you make the playoffs, but you also have to have Lamar in the playoffs. So you can't. Well, uh, sorry, to interrupt. I was going to say, Breach predicted last week that the Ravens were his team to miss the playoffs. And then he ran out there and. Pick like the Ravens. tiny elf and club Lamar's. <laughs> oh, I thought you said um, pick the Ravens, which would be the. You saying I pulled a Tanya Harding here? Yeah, you Tanya oh. Harding, uh, Lamar's ankle. You love ice skating, just saying. The Ravens are now, and again, I'm using 538 just because I know it's updated, and I don't have to ask questions about the records. At eight and five, 76 percent chance to make the playoffs, 55 percent chance to win the division. The Browns 
have actually climbed to the number two spot to win the AFC North, 23%. Um, the uh, 538 has the Browns 39% to make the playoffs. I saw higher. I think Steve Kornacki was doing his thing on NBC. Yeah. For, and he had him at like 65% or something like that. And so obviously all this stuff, you know. Well, uh, the Browns yeah. do have the easiest remaining schedule of any of the teams in the AFC North. And that is because they're the only team left that plays a team that has a losing record. So over the final four games, the Steelers, Bengals, and Ravens all play four teams that have a winning record. The Browns play three teams with a winning record, one team with a losing record, and that team is the Las Vegas Raiders. The by look at the Browns. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Get it together, guys. If they you if you guys had to pick. Talk, sorry. I was gonna say they you probably talked about it. They tried to lose this game too. Yeah, it was I, I was telling Breach, I live bet you know, Lamar gets hurt and the Browns were um up, I believe at that point in time. They were up maybe 17-3. Or no, no, they were 17-0 because they were marching uh Baker through to Austin Hooper. Mm-hmm. And I lied at the Browns minus 11 and a half with Lamar injured and mm-hmm. thought that I was locked. I think that was when it happened. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but it felt like it was never in doubt. And then all of a sudden the Ravens are just like trying to win the game, which is wild. And what's even wilder for me is that two weeks in a row, Justin uh, Tucker needs to get an onside kick. This time he got it because the number 31 who was trying to block as best I could tell ran into the ball like a dum-dum. And then they messed it up on the, on the, on the getting Justin field. They went backwards. I literally don't understand that onside kicks while you have a blocker who is not looking and teams do this all the time. so that the guy who's recovering the ball doesn't get smoked. Right. But what if the ball goes to the blocker? Like it did you like everyone's <laughs> every single person has to be aware that the ball could end up in their hands or you have situations like that. I mean, that was completely on the Browns for being unaware of what was happening. I mean, that's insane that you would just let a ball bounce off you like that and right into the hands of a Ravens player. Yeah. It was like he tried to catch the ball, but he didn't have any arms. If you had to pick right now, who are you taking for the division? No, knowing like like being aware that we don't know what Lamar's status is. I have, I mean, this this division is it's not going to be the Steelers, but I think the other three teams are. I mean, you mentioned that the Ravens' odds are a little higher, but it it's a it's a coin toss, a three headed coin toss. I mean, I really don't know. The Bengals Bengals did up today. I don't know if you guys talk about Cincy. No, yet. We're about to get that. We, we didn't talk about it yet. The Browns, Ryan. the Browns browns it up today, and the Ravens sort of continue to do what they do and like not move the ball offensively. The defense is banged up. I, I mean, last week John Harbaugh said he went for two at the end of the game because he didn't have any cornerbacks. He still doesn't have any cornerbacks, so that's not going to magically fix itself even if Lamar comes back. So the long answer is. Well, the thing is, it hasn't hurt him not having any corners because he's played the Bears, Browns, Steelers, and Browns yeah. in the past four weeks. But now you got to play Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, and Matthew Stafford in the next three weeks, where not having corners might matter a little bit more. Well, that's that's. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Bengals. What? Ryan? Welcome to the bandwagon. There's a I'll, I'll there's mail a path. You a half. There's Bears. a path <laughs> here. Here, you know what? Because I said, like Ryan said last week, my bold prediction was that the Ravens wouldn't make the playoffs, and this was before obviously Lamar got hurt, and that the Bengals would win it. And the same reasoning stands right now that I, I still think the Bengals will win it, and it's because they're currently three and one in the division. They really just need to win one of their final two. Every other team in the division has at least two losses in the division. The Ravens are one and three, so they cannot win. Uh, 
a, a three-way or two-way tiebreak or three-way tiebreak. It's going to be very tough for them too. And so really, if the Bengals just win one of their two remaining division games, they're going to be very good in the tie-breaking department for the rest of the division. And that's why I think they have the leg up. The I think there's a pretty decent chance that week 18, January 9th, 1 p.m., the year of our oh Lord, 2022, Browns-Bengals is for the division title. And it's going to be flexed. To Sunday I mean, night. That'll be the Sunday night flex game. You're right. But now what, what has to happen there is Baltimore probably needs to go. The Bengals have to beat the Ravens, right? Probably. I mean, I mean, if maybe not, who knows? Cause the Ravens, Ravens, Ravens need to go one and two over the next three weeks. And they play the Packers and the Bengals and the Rams. Sure. So very possible. And the Browns. So that would put the Bengals at, I mean, that was the Ravens, excuse me, at uh, nine and seven. And the Browns and the Bengals need to go two and one over the next three weeks. So then all three teams are nine and seven. Oh, I guess actually then if the Ravens beat the Steelers, it'd be a two way. So we have to look at the two way tiebreakers for that first. But the, the point being is that there's a, the, the Ravens have a tough schedule. Lamar Jackson is hurt. There's a decent chance that Bengals Browns in week 18 is for all the marbles. Well, who are you taking? So well, I'll tell you, I will tell you. When? After the break. Oh. <laughs> the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The <laughs> Bengals. Oh, no. Are we all th- There it is. Thank you, Debo. Yummy. You remember the making calls in that? Uh, I thought you were talking about the little powdered donuts or something. No. Uh, yeah. If you're watching on YouTube. He's talking about watching, Danish wedding cookies. If you're listening uh, to the podcast, they, uh, Debo put up uh, on the YouTube show a picture of Danish wedding cookies. Google them, and they will bring back memories if you grew up in the 70s and 80s. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button so we can once we get to uh, 150. We're getting close. We if you like away, Danish wedding cookies, hit the like button. Yeah, we'll give away Brinson Sucks hat. Also, I should mention that uh, people are thrashing Ryan in the uh, chat for his tie, which is a little surprising. It's, like a, it's a knit tie. Yeah, they don't like it. Oh, they're just crushing. They don't like the tie choice. Yeah, that's I, all right. I don't know. Anyway, that's all right. That's all right. Hey, hit the like button if you don't like what Ryan's tie. There you buttons. go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the Bengals. Played at, you know, this is crazy because this game was going on at the exact same time as Bills and uh, uh, Buccaneers. 
and very similar sort of like uh, plot uh, plot lines. Yeah, yeah. The, okay. the the movie arc. Yeah, the plot story, yeah. story I mean, arc. The, the 49ers kicked a field goal uh, with seven forty five in or seven forty six in the third quarter to go up twenty to six, and it really felt like the game was over. And where was your uh, anyway? The the forty ers won twenty six twenty three in overtime. 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 Uh, after a field goal from your boy McPherson uh, gave the Bengals a 23-20 overtime lead, Jimmy Garoppolo marched the 49ers down the uh, the field, and Brandon Ayuk dove in for a touchdown. It was initially ruled that he was out, so they had to go to this review process. It was very clear that it, he, he scored, and so the guy comes out and goes, after review, the uh, Play was a touchdown. The game is over. It's so the ending a game like that is so t- it's like you're just sitting around waiting for a ruling. It's just like the game's over. Touchdown. That ref um, is like, I don't want to make this announcement. I gotta get off the field. I, I'm gonna make every single fan in the stadium so mad. Yeah, and absolutely. And I, I I thought this is a actually, you know what, Breach? I don't know why I'm trying to comment on this game. Uh, you had your heart ripped out by the Bengals once again. Unfortunately for you, it came at the hands of the 49ers, the team that also beat your father twice in the Super Bowl. And as Boomer Sison alluded to on the CBS pregame, postgame, halftime, postgame show, he's like, not a 49ers fan. I got to tell you, because he would probably have two Super Bowl rings as well, were it not for the 49ers. Uh, what were your thoughts coming out of this uh, tough loss that sent the Bengals to seven and six and put the 49ers right there in the conversation for the NFC playoffs? Well, my first thought was anybody who watched this game thought, hey, Joe Burrow looked awesome. So what were the Bengals doing in overtime, not throwing the ball once they got in the red zone? So literally the Bengals win the coin toss. They get the ball. Joe Burrow, boom, boom, goes two for two for 50 yards. They get down to uh, San Francisco's 26 yard line. It literally took them like four plays to get down there. And what do the Bengals do? Run, run. Uh, Burrow gets sacked because the 49ers knew a pass was coming and you're kicking a field goal. You literally have Joe Burrow drive you down there and you don't let him throw was, the ball a single it, time. It was three plays to get down to the uh, tw- uh, to the 26, and one of those was a run for Joe Mixon for no gain. So it's basically just two great Burrow throws and nothing in the run game and then field goal. And this was after he had just led a drive when they were trailing 20 to 13 at the end of regulation, where he drove them 87 yards, completed four bonkers passes that were all just total dimes, including a touchdown to Jamar Chase to tie it up. And so there was no reason to take the game out of his hand at this point. And it was just, that was the cherry on top of the crap coaching Sunday that Zach Taylor had, because it wasn't just that there was also uh their opening possession, they were down 17 to six at halftime. First possession of the third quarter. Uh, Bengals got the ball first. You know what they did? They went run, 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 punt. They didn't even let Burrow throw a pass. You're down 17 to six. You want some sort of momentum. Uh, also, why keep Darius Phillips out there? The Bengals lost this game because their punt returner fumbled the ball twice and mm. lost it twice. Uh, and the 49ers got points on both of them. That led to 10 points for San Francisco. The 49ers did absolutely nothing to get 10 points uh, because the Bengals punt returner, Darius Phillips, fumbled twice. Pull him after the first punt. He shouldn't have been back. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, so I just thought this was a, a, a game where, I don't know if Zach Taylor just outthought himself. 
Uh, but he certainly I did not under, do. I think, under, I think he underthought himself. Underthought himself. He did not do. I give him an F uh, for his coaching job, and I give Joe Burrow an A plus for trying to save the game. Brent, Joe, Burrow is, Joe Burrow is awesome, man. Let me ask you this. It's funny you say that because I was talking about this with our buddy Joe Musso, and I said, uh, "Is Jimmy Garoppolo and Joe Burrow are they the same person? Like, are they like who do you like better? And you love Jimmy G. Burrow." By like like Joe Burrow and Jimmy Garoppolo? No, I know you do, Bre- uh, Breach, but I know Brinson has this yeah. thing for Jimmy G. Wait, wait, like, like, who's better looking or who's cooler or who's a better quarterback? Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow's made a ton of mistakes and Breach has documented them from... Taking you know, Joe Burrow every single time in that situation. Okay, I'm just checking. He's old. Jimmy G's like my age. No, he's not. I, mean, he's like, you know, he's, I, know, I know, I know. But I mean, Joe Burrow's in his second year and it dealt with an ACL tear in his first season. I, Joe Burrow does some... Jimmy Carson Wincy things that concern me in terms of how he treats his health, but I'll I'll stand for Joe Burrow all day, man. That dude. That here dude. was here was Musso's answer, and I thought it was it was pretty spot on. Joe Burrow sees the field and thinks he can make every throw, and sometimes he forces a lot of throws. Jimmy G doesn't see anything; he just throws it up there, and sometimes it happens. <laughs> Musso, I think in the chat, by the way. I think that I think hit that. the like button, Musso. Is he in the chat? He was yeah, he's in the chat. He's out of the studio after the Bears imploded. Dude, I, I I like Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is underrated relative to the national perspective. But Jimmy G is more of a like a Kyle Shanahan puppet, and Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow is like trying to keep, like keep like swatting away the strings that Zach Taylor is trying to attach to him. Because and like let me lot. just say that uh, Joe Burrow's touchdown pass to Jamar Chase on fourth down. Oh uh, that was uh, Jimmy G does not make that play in his life. Like Can't physically make you it. have to make the escape and then roll out the sideline, falling out of bounds, find receivers running the opposite way and, and somehow get them to turn around. Uh, that was an insane play. Yeah. Uh, before um, we move on quickly, I, I'm just actually just telling me to earn the like. What am I going to do to earn a like? <laughs> please, Musso, please. Compliment Musso's hair. Your hair, Musso's, is- your hair looked fine on HQ. It does look good. Did you say fine? F-I-N-A, fine. Your hair, yeah. Oh, you're saying it like in like, oh, that looks fine? Or are you saying it like in a, no, that's looks fine? Good. Yes. Ugh. That's how we, you're too old, man. You're not with I know, the lingo not. nowadays. Airplugs Brinson trying to paint a negative light <laughs> of your. Kids are saying fine. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to earn a like here and Brinson's talking it down. What's going on? Mrs. Hair's great, man. Anywho. Better than yours. Wait, great, like great cheese? Like G-R-A-T? <sighs> All right, let's move on. Devo's killing himself. Let's go. Come I on. think we're actually going to oh, – no, I thought we had a good pace. Maybe not. Um, the uh, I th- the 49ers are a problem if in the playoffs, I think. They're 7-6, and six, and I was, I was you know, crapping on them a month ago, however long ago that was, and they've been, they played relatively well. The, but it is important to note that they were crushing the Bengals and then let the Bengals get back in the game, just like every other team that was up. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what I'm saying, Wilson, is they the, the 49ers got 10 points of this crushing off two fumbled punts. Like, that's not crushing. But it, it counts. Yeah, but they're not. Cru- that's not crushing them. Well, they, they, were up, they were up double digits. I mean, they were. Because yeah. it was, they it was got 10 free down. points from punt returns. It, it, was hey, a, it was a beat down, and then Burrow engineered a pretty miraculous comeback. Right. I'm this sorry. game ended in regulation how it should have been. Because it should have been, if you don't fumble two punt returns, the but game is. 10 to 6 at halftime. Yeah, don't fumble two punt returns. I'm sorry, Pat. Right, of course you shouldn't fumble two. No, this is, I'm just saying that, like, the game, watching it, it felt even. Like, I never, at 20 to 6, it felt like the Bengals uh, weren't out of it. The the 49ers have won, uh, they have won, they're 5 and 2 in their last seven games. That's great. Now, they haven't won, these games are not, like, 
mind-blowingly incredible wins. But coming out of their bye, they had that weird monsoon game where they lost to the Colts, beat the Bears, lose to the Cardinals, beat the Rams, Jags, Vikings, lose to the Seahawks somehow last week, and then take care of business at the Bengals. They had the Falcons at home, at the Titans, Texans at home, and at the Rams. It feels like nine and eight is the worst case for this team. And if they can if they can beat either the Titans or the Rams on the road, 10 and seven, and I I I think nine and eight probably gets them in the playoffs. Ten and seven definitely gets them in the playoffs in the NFC, right? Yeah. No, They're going so. to the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's right too. Okay. They have a because I mean who 76 percent 76 percent percent chance of making it all right 42 5 38 um i i like the i don't know i i think 49ers would be a concerning team to run into if they can get everybody healthy and if the rams lose monday night i mean the 49ers could end up jumping them for the fifth seed they'd only be a game behind and they still play them that is and then the rams be the team you don't want to face that that is also correct way they lost uh, twice to the cardinals so very unlikely that they could possibly win the division. By the way, George Kittle, an absolute monster. Oh my gosh! Please go to the next game. <laughs> we you love the 49ers. We get it. They're probably uh, fun minutes. fact about this overtime game: the Bengals still have oh. never scored an offensive touchdown in franchise history in overtime. That's another fun, fun fact: Debo Samuel one rushing touchdown away from tying the single season record from Tony Laton and Lenny Moore. Seven rushing touchdowns by a wide receiver. I should note. Chiefs. 48, Raiders 9. <laughs> hmm. hey, uh, Scorgami. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. 1,071st time there's been Scorgami in NFL history. The uh, Chiefs were very mad and talked about it, about things that the Raiders did and took this personally because before the game, Yannick Ngakwe, for whatever reason, decided to have a meeting. He, the Raiders defense is all in the field and they're like, we got to get out, got to get out there. They run out to the logo, the chief's logo. And they had their like pregame huddle up and like jumping all around on the logo, which is sort of stupid to get insulted by people stomping on the logo, but it, it's a thing. And you shouldn't do it if you're an opposing team or a defense heading to play Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. And additionally, the chiefs are still mad about how the Raiders beat them in Arrowhead uh, in 2019 or is it 2020? I, can, I get the two years completely confused. When they rode the bus around the stadium oh, several times. Maybe it was last year. That's hysterical. <laughs> but they, did you hear what they played when the whenever I was leaving the stadium? Today? Yeah. Now what? Wheels on the bus. Nice. Well, done. well played. Blasting wheels on the bus in Arrowhead as everyone's leaving to remind the Raiders fans and the Raiders what happened. Patrick Mahomes was asked about the meeting at midfield and said that he doesn't like when others, uh, uh, let's see, uh, he said that the team didn't spend much time talking about the Raiders' decision, but added he doesn't like when others disrespect things you've kind of built, and the team got a little more motivation from it. You know who the DJ was who played Wheels on the Bus? Uh, Reach's daughter. One John Gruden. <laughs> was he, DJ, DJ Gruden was working at Arrowhead today? DJ Grudes. Um, wait, the, bu- was, no, the bus was not this season. It's a joke. He got fired or he had to resign. So oh, somebody was- in chat was like, anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> moving along to the actual game. He didn't really the play Chiefs the- beat the crap out of the Raiders. This was a bludgeoning. And what's crazy is they scored 48 points 
and neither Travis Kelsey, I think Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill finished with like a combined 125 yards and no touchdowns. Hill, 76 receiving yards. Kelsey, 27. So there you go. Less than 125 receiving yards for those two guys, and they still dropped 48 on them. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, two touchdown, uh, two rushing touchdowns. Mahomes, two passing touchdowns to Daryl Williams and Josh Gordon. Hello. Uh, Derek Gore also had a 60, a 51-yard touchdown run, and there was a pick six at one point and some field goals. Fumble on the very first play. Josh Gordon fumbled. Uh, Josh uh, Jacobs fumbled the ball, and they ran it back. Oh, I mean, that's right. First play. Oh, back. That oh, was yeah, Stevens had two. That's when you knew the game was over. What are we right. the first play of the game? The very first play. You're like, oh, that's a wrap. That's right. We don't, oh, yeah, we don't need to watch the rest of this. It was a fumble return. Um, Hunter Renfro, huge game. 13 catches on 14 targets. 117 yards and a TD, but I believe he had that fumble, which is you know, problematic. It, not much more the first fumble of his career at any level. So when he fumbles the ball, someone who's never dropped a football or, dropped, or fumbled a ball in his life, just you might as well hop on that bus that they're about to play the song for and, and head out to the airport early. Yep. Ooh. The Chiefs minus 230 to win the division. They play the Chargers, who are 2-1 to one to win the division, on Thursday night with said AFC West crown on the line as both teams are currently – or no, 9-4 for the Chiefs, 8-5 for the Chargers, but the Chargers would have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs if they were to win. The Raiders are essentially free-falling into oblivion at this point. Because they're they bungee are, jumping without a bungee. Yeah. I mean, they're 6-7, and seven and I mean, I don't know. I, I – I feel I sort of feel bad for the Raiders. That They've had a lot of off-field things happen to them, but uh, I don't know. I mean, they're they're a mess. Since their bye, they have lost five of six with the it only makes, win was over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and that win seems totally improbable. How did that even happen? Right, exactly. Uh, you know, now looking back on all this, because the Raiders haven't scored more than of those six games since they're behind. They have scored 16 or fewer points in all of them, except for that Cowboys game where they somehow scored 36. So, uh, yeah, sorry, Raiders. I mean, the Raiders do still kind of control. Stop it. Stop. They, play, they, they play all playoff contenders down the stretch. Well, that, that's, that, that's, that means... that's not helping a team like this. Right. You, could, <laughs> you see him, could you see them beating the Browns? Um, I, no. I, tell you, I will tell you could this. you see him beating the Broncos? I'll yeah. tell you this. Hunter Renfro is going to win some fantasy leagues. And that is the, that's going to be the highlight of the remainder of the Raiders season. That is probably accurate. So over the last three games, he has uh, nine, oh no, even dating back to week nine, 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 four, nine, 10, 14 targets. Guy's getting fed by Derek. He's, he's, a, he's like, if you created a, a, a wide receiver in a laboratory for Derek Carr, it would be Hunter Renfro. I thought you were going to say if they created an athletic Will Brinson, it would be Hunter Renfro. Um, Chiefs, we'll see. We'll see the Chiefs on Thursday. Big game on Thursday against the Chargers. Chargers playing well. Talking the Hunter Renfro joke. All right. Oh, sorry. Cowboys twenty-seven. WFT twenty. The Cowboys. This game wasn't nearly as close as the score suggests because the Washington sort of tried to pull a Bengals or a. a well, wait a second. Breach might want to tell you that Washington played equally as well as the Cowboys. It just the score doesn't indicate it. <laughs> The, did, did, uh, did Washington's punt return or fumble the ball twice? Taylor Heineke fumbled it twice. 
Yeah, well, that it's happens in games up. normally. It's just, it's, it's, a quarterback yeah. fumbling is something that happens in a regular NFL game. A punt returner fumbling twice does not regularly happen this in is NFL games. It's a humiliating game. look for you to keep. Yeah, like, it's so bad. I, it's so no, bad. I don't see how you guys don't see. It's obvious. Yeah, it is obvious. I don't even know how on earth Washington, like, if, if you didn't. I mean, I watched the game, so I, I mean, I know how what happened in the game. But you look at the box score, and you're like, "How on right. earth did they it happen?" Pretty quickly, too. Yeah, how did Washington score 20 points? Antonio Gibson, 10 carries, 36 yards, was a non-factor. Fumbled, uh, I think maybe twice. Was not very good in the game. Taylor Heineke, 11 to 25, a buck 22, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Charles Sims is their leading receiver, four targets. Three catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. That one catch he had over Trevon Diggs is one of the best catches I've seen all it year. crazy. 43-yard touchdown catch. So, I mean, he didn't do much either. Adam, I mean, Terry McLaurin didn't have a, four targets, no catches. The, the Cowboys were up 24-0 at halftime and just cruising right along. And, the, and then Washington just scored two quick touchdowns. There was a pick six of Dak. And a um, who is Jay Williams for the – is it – I mean, who is Jay Williams for the – For who? He played Washington. for Duke. Jonathan Williams? Oh, is it? Oh, it is Jonathan Williams. Uh, mm. There you go. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit when I don't realize it. Um, Washington didn't do anything, got completely outplayed in this game, had no business being in it, and somehow clawed back. Pretty big win for the Cowboys, all things considered. Breach, more importantly, the benches. Do you guys want to eat your words? Because you were slamming Mike McCarthy for having the gall to say, we're going to win this game, both of you. I didn't slam him. Well, Brenton did. Ron Rivera slammed him. Brenton slammed him. I always slam Mike McCarthy. I thought the benches were a hilarious touch. I, I like the benches. That's what I wrote on Twitter. to be like bringing your own chairs to a restaurant. It and, was weird, but I don't hate it. Well, you also said in that tweet that that's something that you do all the time. Which well, of course. Quite, I, mean, I, I almost chairs. guarantee you that like, the Washington football team is incredibly cheap. With I mean everything really, but that they use like crappy visitor benches, and the guy was oh, like, oh, well, and that was the report from ESPN. It said that the Seahawks had said the visiting benches there were below par, and they told the Cowboys that. <laughs> Jerry Jones was like, "All right, well, we're not going to use your crappy visitor benches. We're going to fly in our own benches." Like seeing the the giant white benches that say Cowboys on it in Washington Stadium was pretty hilarious. Imagine spending thirty thousand dollars on travel costs to send those benches there, and being the the field manager at the football team stadium, wherever they play now, FedEx Field, <laughs> and seeing the truck back up, and you're like, I can't let you in here. Like we're going, we're going in there. Like, no, no, you can't. Let's give me that. Give me Uh Dio's got a picture yeah, of them. Those benches look. They have like electronics. I'm picturing the the, the Washington benches as just old school high, high school benches, like aluminum, benches, like a firm. You're sitting on them for five minutes, and your ass is killing you. And your no back, back is hurting. Oh yeah, and the Cowboys. Like, if you're the Cowboys, do you take these benches to every away game now? Yes. I think you do. Uh, the Cowboys benches look like the Tempur-Pedic of NFL benches. They're but super comfortable. Like on there. Probably adjust to your body temperature. I mean, I could sleep on that thing. I mean, look, Washington, FedEx Field is a dump. Like Everything about it is a dump. That's where RG3 tore his ACL in that playoff game against the Seahawks. The press box is, is probably number 32 in, in the NFL in terms of like like sight lines. You can't see... 30% of the plays that are happening. Um, it's way out there. That's, that's you, a bug. It, not a fe- I mean, that's a that's not a bug. It's a feature. Right. I mean, walking 
I'm when I parked and went to I went to a Monday night game up there for uh some reason and covering it. And like I I was like parking and walking by myself. I was like and walking back to my car, I was like kind of nervous. Like it's pretty isolated out there. I mean, it's not a anyway. So yeah. I will say one thing about the Cowboys, though, even though they won and jumped out that early lead, I'm still a little concerned about their offense. They weren't that great in this game. They scored two touchdowns, but they are the Cowboys scored two touchdowns, but one was a defensive touchdown and their second touchdown was set up by a Taylor Heineke interception where the offense only had to drive 40 yards to score. um, And that was it, you know. Offense only produced one touchdown, and so it's been a few weeks now where we've seen them kind of one struggle. For, one for six in the red zone is a problem. Yes, that is definitely a problem, especially when you're playing really good teams in the playoffs and not uh, Washington. You know what I'm not concerned about? Michael Parsons. Good Lord. <laughs> he is awesome. But the, the offense is, is a legit concern, but the defense, strangely enough, is not a concern or much less of a concern. Trevon Diggs, as we mentioned, was in coverage and had a chance to make a play in that Sims touchdown. He's been playing well. Uh, D-Law had a couple big plays. They had another defensive end whose name escapes me right now. Returned the Micah Parsons strip sack for a touchdown in the first half. Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah. Thank you. Randy Gregory had a big play in this game, too. Uh, and uh, Micah Parsons, by the way, has uh, 12 sacks with four games left. The most sacks by an, a rookie in NFL history. Javon Kirst, 14 and a half. Alden Smith had 14. I'm pretty yeah, uh, obviously Alden Smith had all field issues, but you know Dwight Freeney's on there, Simeon Rice, Leslie O'Neill. It's a pretty impressive uh, company to keep. Is there a case for Micah Parsons to win Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, I, I mean, there's a case, but I think right now I'm going my guy T.J. Watt and sure. Miles Garrett is up there, and then I think Micah Parsons is third. Trevon Diggs, I think, has to be in the conversation as well. He has nine interceptions, or whatever he has. Uh, I would. I think I'm going Miles Garrett. I mean, he's, he scored today, obviously, but um, and we didn't mention that when we were talking about the Browns Ravens. Browns fans will tell you that his sacks aren't big time sacks. Where T.J. Watt's sacks are all, well, they're all big time sacks. They're they're never they're always in the, it's going down to the wire anyway because they're not blowing anyone out. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I couldn't argue with T.J. Watt Garrett. pops up in big spots. I think. I mean, it, no one's arguing that Michael Parsons is a slam dunk defensive rookie of the year, and you can give it to him now. And then he finishes third or fourth or whatever and the actual defensive player of the year, and, and that makes sense. But again, if he continues along this this path that he's on, absolutely. He has been, and, and I would imagine if taking into account that he, last time he played edge rusher was in high school and didn't play football last year. I mean, it is crazy. Maybe he should be playing yeah. quarterback. <laughs> I mean, it really is wild that they, and if you think about, you know, the draft as it went down with Parsons, um, he, you know, he fell, I think, to the 12th selection, after only, only off field stuff, he fell. No, well, it's because he was a linebacker. But if people no, know no, that no. he fell because of off field issues, he didn't. No, fall I, I know, I know that that caused him to fall as well. But people were drafting him as a off ball linebacker, not as a. Yeah, but Devin White went top five. Yeah, fair, fair. I'm just, I'm just saying that if 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 you told everyone who was drafting in 2021, that's right. That, yeah, yeah. That Michael Parsons is this terrifying edge rusher. No, you're right. And I think Daniel Jeremiah actually had a, maybe mentioned that before the draft that he, he thought Michael Parsons could be that. No, I don't think so. I don't think anyone was talking about it because no one knew. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't heard. I don't even know how he ended up there. In right, Dallas. Think- it's because DeMarcus Lawrence got hurt. Oh, okay. They were like, we don't have anybody to rush the passer. Hey, Micah, you're playing edge rusher. So they put him on there. I mean, d- doesn't Atlanta take edge rushing Micah Parsons over Kyle? You're Pitts? right. If he, if he were strictly an edge rusher, he would have gone higher. 
um, regardless of the off-field concerns that teams may have had. I, I mean, I, get, I think Atlanta just takes him instead of Kyle Pitts, and then since he goes Jamar, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's are, a case to be made, and Kyle Pitts is an awesome player. Brian, TJ Watt's already missed two games. If he misses another game or two, would that make you not vote for him? Or would you think, uh, he's still at the NFL in sacks, even though he missed three games, so I'm going to vote for him? Uh, he can't. I don't want him to miss. He can miss another game, but then he has to come back and have like two sacks in the subsequent games that he plays because that way his sack percentage is insanely high because he was leading the league after missing two games. I don't know what the sack race is now, if Miles Garrett caught him today or not. Um, That's a good question. Miles Garrett has a strip sack for a TD. I think Miles Garrett is the... If you see Miles Garrett at plus money at this point of the game with the Browns trending towards making the playoffs and yeah. Garrett having the, you know this big splash play against the Ravens where they up their chances and he scores a touchdown, I would uh, definitely consider. I would bet. I would bet any Miles Garrett plus money if you can find it. Is TJ Watt plus or no? Oh, I'm know. assuming they're all plus, like you know, plus right. two hundred or something like yeah. that. Um, and Watt you- with the injury, you know, if he misses. You only play 13 or 14 games, you're probably not going to win the award. Would you sprinkle a little something on Micah Parsons for? I would consider it. I mean, if he goes ham down the stretch and the ham and the uh, and the and the Cowboys win the division and he breaks the rookie sack record and Dallas is winning because of their defense the way they've been the last few weeks, he could he could steal the award. But typically speaking, uh, Peanut brands like Pete Prisco are gonna <laughs> give. Uh, you know, they're gonna give one vote to Michael Parsons for rookie of the war. Pistachio rookie. brains, yeah, a little pistachio. Like Prisco is gonna give a um, Peanut Prisco. You know, he's gonna give a pistachio Prisco. He's gonna give Parsons the r- defensive rookie of the year, and then give somebody, you know, uh, Garrett or or Watt the defensive player of the year to just spread it around. That's just how that yeah. tends to work. Okay, moving along. And we're actually on a pretty good pace here. Let's see if we can destroy it. The Broncos. Th- <laughs> I'm just kidding. Broncos 38. Hit the like button. Did we get a. Oh, we're two away from a hat. We'll give away a hat. Brenton sucks hat. Hit the like button if you haven't already. Broncos 38. Lions 10. Very cool moment at the beginning of the game as the Lions honored the late Demarius Thomas. A DT, of course, passed away this past week. He would have turned 34, I believe, on Christmas Day. A real mm-hmm. tragic situation. It was an awesome player. Out of Georgia Tech, former first round pick, you know, part of those. Uh, he was on the championship team in 2015, of course, was a prolific receiver for the Broncos when Peyton Manning was there. And by all accounts, um, there was lots of things shared. Just just a good person who did went out and did a bunch of charitable stuff in the Denver community, beloved by fans. You can see the, the pictures there. And Vic Fangio on Saturday. Uh, went and talked to you know his bosses and said, hey, we want to do something to honor DT at the start of the game. So he calls Dan Campbell of the Lions and said, hey, I, I, we're going to send 10 guys out. Um, we're not going to, we're going to, you know, we're not going to run a play. We're going to let the play clock go all the way down. And I just want to let you know, Dan Campbell said, no problem. I'm going to decline the penalty. Go for oh, it. Nice. And, and so they, they go out there, 10 guys on the field. You know, obviously the 11th guy is DT in spirit. Play clock runs down, called for a, a delay of game. Dan Campbell declines it. And Fangio also said the ref was in on, in on the whole – he was aware of the whole situation as well, too. So really cool uh, way to honor him. And then also incredible that uh, the final drive of the game – and this was a absolute clinic from Denver. <laughs> Dan Campbell like, throws Vic Fangio that bone, and the, <laughs> Vic Fangio just hangs 38 on him. Yeah. The uh, final drive for the, for the Broncos – 
that sealed the game. 14 plays, 88 yards. How cool is that? Oh, nice. And then Justin Simmons had a, an interception where he celebrated on the, the 88 that they had painted on the on the sidelines as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, all you know, a lot of these dudes still on the team were very good friends with Demarius Thomas. Just yeah. say, uh, look, good. Denver's now seven and six. They're still in the playoff race, by the way. The Lions won 11 and one. Mm. Not a ton to say about this game. The Lions were dealing with tons of COVID issues. The line for this game was eight and a half. And then it started just spiking up. It got to like 12 and a half eventually because breach all these Lions players were going to be missing. Someone named Chad Reynolds, I think. Is it Chad Reynolds? C. Reynolds was their leading uh, rusher. Jared Goff. Feel bad for the guy. Nothing he could do in this spot. Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds. But, but you know what? You're probably never going to mention his name again on this podcast, so it doesn't matter. Oh, let me carry his 83 yards. Good for Craig Reynolds. I, I'm just messing around. It wasn't Chad Reynolds. But, no, um, but that's that's what it was like. I mean, this felt like the lock of the day. Once everything happened, the Broncos were fired up. Every, you know, like it was – they had the decal on their helmet for Demarius Thomas. They, you know, Peyton Manning got flown in. Everyone was fired up. It, just it looked like they want to go out there and destroy the lines, and that's exactly what they did. Are you saying I shouldn't have taken the Lions plus eight and a half? Should not have. Did, did you the take lines. the Lions plus eight and a half? It was ten to seven. I was like, oh, they're they're going to hang into this thing, and I turned around and it was four hundred and nothing. They took the seven yeah, points. It was, from the points <laughs> it was a it was it was a beat down. Yeah. It was a beat down. But I mean, the Broncos are definitely in an interesting spot at seven and six because they're in that they're basically tied for. Uh, you know, the last wild card spot, but they're out because of a tiebreaker. You have what five teams tied at seven and six for those final two spots Indy, Buffalo, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Denver, and then Pittsburgh at six, six, and one. And by the way, Las Vegas and Miami, uh, both at six and seven. By the way, by the way, you're by the way, if the Bengals win that by game, if the Bengals win that game, then they're still in the playoffs and the Bills are out. I think that's correct because Indy had come back in. So the the brown, excuse me. The the Bengals are the only thing keeping the the Bills inside the seven right now. So if the Bengals had won, they would have jumped up to the four spot where the Ravens are because they would have been the top of the AFC North. And then the <laughs> remember the Bengals were the one seed like three weeks ago. It's sad, but the the upside is according to John Breach moral victory calculator. They are the number one seed still based on the way that they play today. It was not a moral victory. Nobody They're ever the said anything about moral and, victory. And punts fumbled on Sunday. Well, you know what? We're talking, oh! we're talking about the Bengals, and that's who the Broncos play next week, and that really feels like kind of an elimination game. The yeah. loser is eh, loser lose wild, town game. Probably out of the wild card race. Yeah, if you get to if you're if if you're the Bengals or the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Victor Garcia says in the YouTube chat the Bengals lost to Mike White. That is pretty the pathetic. Uh, you can you can have fun with us during these shows. YouTube.com slash pick six. Hit the alert button if you haven't already. You get, you'll get a notification on your phone when we go live. I actually get a notification. It scares the crap out of me. It's like, go live with pick six podcast in 30 minutes. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> 30 minutes? Um, anywho. Yeah, I think, I think the Cincy-Denver game is if you're seven and seven – have to win. All, I, I can't see either one of those teams winning all three of their games to close out. And nine and eight is just not getting you in the playoffs in the AFC. So, well, we all three predicted the Bengals to win the the division. And now I don't know. Like, where's the game breach in Denver? Denver. Mm. So that's going to be Denver minus two. 
How's that uh, feel for wins over Wilson? I think the Bengals are favored, aren't they? Did we? Oh, no, we didn't uh, look at the, that game. The Broncos are favored by one at Caesar Sportsbook. There you go. Wins over Wilson's pretty good. That's a that's a tough one. I don't exactly. That's my. That's where I was going next. Yeah. Just got to be one. All right, Chargers and Giants with Bengals three. How about <laughs> Mike Glennon rushing touchdown? Didn't see that coming. Uh, Mike Mike G actually had a great uh, decent game. It stats put up some numbers in terms of DFS. Settle but, down. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, the, this is the, this is you a, sound like Giants. me talk about the Bengals. Brandon. It really does. He's worse. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. This is a the Giants were are a disaster and were outclassed and overmatched by the Chargers. Thirty-seven to twenty-one, the Chargers win this game. Man, the throw from Justin Herbert to Jalen Guyton might be the best throw you'll see. I don't want to like that, that was a fantastic throw, great catch. I don't want to rain the parade, but Rashawn Slater was holding and it was clear as day. If you, I mean, I saw it just eyeballing out of the corner of my eye. Maybe they were like, eh, it doesn't matter. Let's enjoy Or it. they were watching, they were, t- the refs were in total awe of the pass looking up at it and just yeah. missed the holding. That's probably what happened. Cause this ball, if anyone missed it, this is, it was a huge play because it was third and 11 for the Chargers right before halftime. I think there was like 20 seconds left before the half and they were up 17 to seven. So if they punt it, Eh, you're the Giants. You feel at least okay with yourself that you're down 17 to seven and a half, but no, uh, it, the ball goes 65 yards in the air and hits Guyton just in stride. I mean, it couldn't have been a more perfect throw and it went for a 59 yard score. It was on a Jeff Blake special from back in the day. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a dime. Look, the, the Giants are the Giants leading receiver is Kyle Rudolph who had two catches for 66 yards and his long catch of 60 yards. They're not a, they're not a particularly good football team. Everybody who is a Giants fan wants everyone fired. And there's a pretty good likelihood that now at four and nine, you know, we'll see how they close out. But I think it's five straight years that they've finished below 500 now. I think yeah, that I mean, Dave Gettleman is Dave Gettleman has a couple, several good picks that he's made. But by and large has took over this franchise with the idea he would, you know, bolster things. And they've been a disaster. They have the Cowboys at home. At the Eagles, at the Bears, and Washington at home. It feels like Joe Judge will be fired on January 10th. Uh, Saquon doesn't look to be the same as he comes back from that knee injury and then the ankle he had after the knee injury. And again, that just feeds back. And th- what guys get hurt, but he was the top five pick. And then are you going to pay him now? All the other things that go it's into that. Mess. It's a mess. Right. It's a mess. Like, what, like, you have to either let the number two overall pick go and admit that it was a total disaster. Or you have to give a running back a huge contract. Either and you one, can't do that. Yeah, I mean, you have to let him go. And either one is a huge L. It's it's a tough. And Daniel Jones hadn't played. He's going to go see a doctor on Monday. Nobody knows what his future is. Well, he's not in danger of being not done with football, is he? No, no, no. I just mean that. Are you going to pay Daniel Jones? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No, right. Because he is the number six over. The Giants are in a weird spot. They have two first round picks, and they're both top ten picks as we sit here. So. You know, whatever that means. You, you, they have some nice pieces on that roster, but by and large, a, a train wreck. The Chargers far more interesting. Really, this is the kind of effort you want to see from a team that you believe can make. I love that. Justin Herbert joins an illustrious list of quarterbacks to throw 30 passing touchdowns in each of their first two seasons. That list includes Justin Herbert. Pretty- to go out like they did when they're sort of trending in their, like they're, you know, the sort of wild, like the Chiefs are storming up and the, the Chargers are trying to figure out if they can like hold serve and stay, you know, stay in the fight for the AFC West. And you've got this 
a game against a really bad Giants team and you go out and you just lay the lumber on them, that's important, I think, to to give yourself that kind of boost as you go into Thursday night against the Chiefs. Is that crazy to say? Not at all. Herbert, 23 to 31, 275 and three touchdowns. Austin Eckler suffered an injury, 12 carries, 67 yards and a touchdown. The running game was not quite as effective, but it didn't matter. Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer, or Joshua Palmer, Mike Williams, six catches, 61 yards, not as big a game as people expected. Guyton and Palmer stepped in very nicely. They have some good young depth at, at the wide receiver position, basically the opposite of the, the Giants. Do we think – how do we think the AFC West plays out in, in, in this battle with the Chargers and the Chiefs? I think it's the, the Chiefs, to get back to what you said, you know, six weeks ago now. I'm finally on that bo- on that plane – and I, um, on that train, excuse me. And I think also – I think the Chiefs, I said this like a month ago, I think the Chiefs won the the conference, which is crazy because we were all so down on them. Um, They're all, they're nine and four, same record as the Titans and the Patriots. All so down on them? All being just me and Breach. Okay. Maybe just even me. I don't even want to throw Breach in that. I, I, I was just very concerned about them, but you can be concerned as you've noted time and time again, all the weapons they have. Don't worry about the defense. The defense is playing better. Defense made a bunch of huge plays today. So I think they win the division. I think actually have a really good chance of winning, uh, winning the conference as well. If for some reason you think that the Chargers will win on Thursday night, you should bet them to win the division at two to one. Yeah, agreed. Because the Chargers would have a and then go bet Justin Herbert to win MVP. Yeah, that's true. And then parlay the two bets together, then you're rich. <laughs> you could probably do that at, fan, at some sports books. I don't know if you can do that at Caesars, but yeah, I mean, is it? Isn't Tom Brady just kind of front running for MVP at this point? Yes. My I wouldn't thing, want to bet anybody else, I don't think. My but, I mean, the crazy when, thing about Herbert in this game is that he didn't have Keenan Allen, and he just found a bunch of other people to throw to, and right. it was just fine. They didn't miss a beat. In our weekly MVP votes, I think I've had Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray one and two the last three weeks. Uh, I've had Brady one, I think. And Philip Rivers two. He had a stinker last week. And recently, in the recent weeks, he had a not-so-great game. But it's hard. Fair enough, yeah. I would go. I think I would go Brady one... It's hard to have Kyler Murray. Probably Rogers two, Herbert three. What do you mean it's hard to have Kyler Murray? He came back from injury in like four weeks, but he came. Or back. They went two and one without him. He missed a, he missed a oh, bunch of games. Shut up, Breach. No one asked you. Just no. saying. Also, Jonathan Taylor and TJ Watt in my ballot, so that could be. That's ridiculous. Your ballot is invalid. I was looking back to 2017 when I was aggressively pushing uh, uh, Philip Rivers to win MVP. 2017. Just say any year before Philip Rivers retired. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Okay. Any more uh any more wild card thoughts before we move on to any you guys think that the Chargers are winning this division? I I, I don't I don't want to rule it out. I've got a ton of Chiefs bets. So I think I they'll be in the playoffs. Them. That's a no on the division title. Okay. I I have a bunch of Chiefs either somewhere like I have a bunch of Chiefs bets on them to win the division, ranging between plus two thirty and minus one nineteen, I think. Mm-hmm. And I will probably come back in and hedge a little out on the Chargers at two to one to win the division. You gonna sprinkle anything on the Chiefs winning the, the AFC? Not now. It's to it's at the normal prices. Oh, did you earlier or no? I'm sure I got something somewhere in those pendings. So I mean, many bets going on. Right. Who knows what happens when we're done with the podcast? I'm sitting around. Mm-hmm. Staring at the bourbon bottle, bottle of whiskey in you. <laughs> bottle of whiskey. Yeah, what do you want me to do, Mr. Beam? <laughs> My family. <laughs> It's a Brian Kelly joke. If you didn't get I like how Debo is prompting you with the subtitles on the on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Times beat the Jaguars twenty to nothing. 
We have a grade A mess on our hands in Jacksonville. This is straight up doo doo. I mean, this is. I I was so I had the thing with Shelly Meyer back when Urban left Ohio State, where she had quote tweeted me. And Ohio mm-hmm. State fans, I had like I had to delete Twitter from my phone. I couldn't check my mentions for two days. It was nothing but like cruel, angry vitriol from Ohio what State you, fans. You tweet? I had suggested that if the Ohio State had made the playoffs, that Urban Meyer might not have stepped away as soon as he did because I he didn't coach. He's like I'm too sick to coach the ball game. My suggestion was that if they made the playoffs, he may have been healthy enough to coach in the playoffs and try to win a super, try to win a, a national championship. I love that you only deleted Twitter for two days. Okay, I I can't quit you. I I just took it on my phone. I was like, I can't look at this. This is ugly. Um, At any rate, so I, because of that, I did not want to go all in suggesting that Urban in Jacksonville would be a massive disaster. I tried to sort of like nicely walk around it. And maybe had, you know, I thought there were pathways where with Trevor Lawrence, you get enough nice pieces. There's a path where it's like there's a path. You know, maybe the Jaguars are decent. This is, I mean, where does this rank in terms of what? Uh, this uh, on TV right now. These shots of him walking, like he walks, in, like he's like stumbling over to Mike Vrabel, and Vrabel's in the sprint. Gives it, and Vrabel is on Urban Meyer's staff at Ohio State. There's a report that someone no- noted today to me that Vrabel also reportedly jacked up Urban Meyer against a wall at Ohio State. That, that checks out. I mean, Vrabel's... And not only that, I was like, oh, so he probably immediately left for the Texans. And like, no, no, he stayed for another year on staff <laughs> and thereabouts. So that may have been the, you know, the hat, the, the midfield conversation before the game may have been pretty awkward. And then just the, the beat down that they took 20 to nothing only exacerbated matters, given all the things that Jason Lockefeller reported on Sunday and that Tom Pelissaro reported. Uh, previous to that, it, it is as you point out, it, it is a clown show. Just, just for context, by the way, through the uh, obviously you could read the JLC report at CBS. The the Pelissero report, and I don't think JLC had this in there. The Pelissero report, according over, over, I guess over the past week, Urban was in a staff meeting with all his coaches, and he said he told them he explained to them very clearly that he is a winner, and that they're all losers, and that they needed to prove to him by diving into their resumes and explaining what they'd done in their careers, why they were winners. Now, aside from the fact that that's insane, narcissistic, overlordy behavior, his offensive coordinator, aside from that, one, that's that's the whole reason you hire, like, that's what you do when you hire people. Like, you go through the process of looking at the resumes. And two, his offensive coordinator won a Super Bowl. Imagine hiring people and then yelling and screaming at the people you hired for being incompetent crazy for calling out their resumes when you are in fact the person who went through their resume and said okay you're good enough to coach with me it's insane um uh, urban i'm not a great coach but i would just like to note that i've never been caught on camera getting lap dances for people or my wife at my own restaurant and then the reporter asked him he said you've been it was like i sound like a fan asking the question he's like you've been talking about this offensive line all year, you said they're fine, they're great. He's like, they've been getting their ass kicked out there. What do you have to say? Very silently, shakes his head a couple of times. He goes, Yeah. He looks like somebody who wants to leave. And he I just told, I told Breach, not so much you, Brent, so I told Breach 18 months over under. He's like, No, it's a over. It's the over. He's going to stay there. He's going to turn things around. He's going to make him to the Bengals South. Did you say that? 
No, you didn't say that part. Okay. But he I said he... I said he would win a few games, and he has. That's what I thought that would be he enough won to convince. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's they you. were winless. They had lost twenty straight games. You guys laughed at me, but I thought the two wins would be enough to convince everyone to keep him around. When in fact that is not happening. So no, no, I didn't. I only give myself half credit. Not everyone else. I thought that he would not be able to handle all the losing. He that was the prevailing logic. Wilson is that Urban Meyer who had lost. 10 games in his college coaching career or something. Fewer than he's lost this season. He would not be able to handle the constant losing and what comes with constant losing of the NFL, and he clearly can't handle it. And I don't know if JLC mentioned this in the story, but someone brought it up somewhere. If you're five, six months into your job and the people that work for you are already eager to turn on you and tell people, because he was whinging about people leaking things and how they're going to be fired and all that other stuff. That's I mean, why, that's why you leak it. So you don't get fired for telling <laughs> you don't understand how leaking works. Uh, but if you're five months into this thing and people can't wait to to call people and talk about you, maybe, maybe it's something that you're doing. That's, that's not great. I don't want to try to figure out phrase this. Um, should Shad Khan be to borrow a question for the bill secondary? Should Shad Khan be embarrassed by this hire? Yes. And there is, some stuff out there. I don't want to attribute this to anybody or. Oh boy, here we go. No, no, I'm just that 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 uh, sources. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just I want to. My I'm source, gonna... Jim Beam. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Beam. What did you oh! say? No, I, 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 I don't. I don't know how to properly attribute this without. I just say Debo said it. And go ahead. Yeah, Debo said. There's there's a chance that something might happen tomorrow with Urban. Is all I'm saying. Oh, interesting. Just just worth. Keep Dr. Beam, can you confirm? Uh, ho, ho, ho. Um, we'll, but for we'll people see. listening to the podcast on Monday, tomorrow means Monday. Yes. Yeah. But there's some, okay. some, I mean, there's a chance. And if you listen on Tuesday and Brinson was wrong, just go tweet at him. There's a chance another could happen. There's a path. There's, <laughs> a pa- there's this is, I mean, he looks like somebody who, you know, you know sometimes when you don't want to, you're like, I don't want to actually be the guy who breaks up with somebody. You're like, I'm just going to act disinterested until I get dumped. Like that's what Urban Meyer looks like. The guy who's just being a, like a passive, like he's just, eh, whatever, whatever. Like he's making Shad Khan be the guy who says, all right, you're fired. And in he his head, he's money. like, I only get to keep that money if they fire me. I can't resign. So I'm going to, he's Costanzing it. Correct. He is, he is trying to be as disinterested and distant as possible in order to get Shad Khan to, uh, to can him. Okay. We'll see what happens with Urban. It's going to be oh nice, it's worth watching. Saints thirty, Jets nine. Oh my god, I mean, what are we doing here? Taysom Hill stomped all over. Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill just stomped all over the Jets. I cannot believe that I had the Jets against the spread in this game. What? What am I? I did too. Five. It was so low. It was like maybe the Jets will hang around, and they sort of did for a little bit. Well, Taysom was terrible last week, and but the Jets are are just not good. Zach Wilson. I have a lot of concerns about Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some throws. I don't know if his hand was hurting or something. He had at least two short throws that that hit his receivers in the feet, and he was there was no one near him. Uh, one was rollout, one was staying in the pocket. And if he can't complete those throws, what are we doing? He was over. He was like missing guys down the field. Um, Nineteen of forty-two for two hundred two yards, and like Zach Wilson probably doesn't beat the Bengals. Mike Mike White was needed to, to beat the Bengals. It doesn't help that their offensive line's not good. 
it, everybody's banged up, and you know you lose Elijah Moore, who'd been playing really well the last few weeks. But you know, Alvin Kamara, twenty-seven carries, one hundred twenty yards, touchdown. Taysom Hill, fifteen for twenty-one, also had two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he had a nice bounce back game. The the Jets are a train wreck, and good news for them is they're gonna get some more picks, and we'll see. If, we'll see. We'll see what happens after this draft. Because I think if Zach Wilson doesn't play very well down the stretch, that people are going to start turning on Joe Douglas a little bit. I think they're going to turn on Zach Wilson. Oh, I think they're going to start turning on Zach Wilson pretty quickly as well. And it's easy uh, to turn on because they've played three quarterbacks this season. He's looked like the worst one. Yep. That includes Joe Flacco. Think about that. That I don't want to think about it for <laughs> Zach Wilson's sake. <laughs> okay, the Jets uh, have the longest active playoff drought in terms of numbers of seasons. 11. Now that they've been eliminated from the playoffs. The next closest, the Cardinals, Bengals, and Broncos at five. That is positive. Had to get the Bengals. Who all last made it in 2015. That's correct. Ah, 2015. on days of 2015. Mm-hmm. Falcons 29, Panthers 21. I mean, I'm sorry if you had to watch, like me, if you had to watch this game. It was, this is a horrendous football game. Actually, more points than, than you would have expected. Um, but that's because there was a pick six of Cam Newton. Terrible throw. Oh, just a terrible throw. And he got pulled for P.J. Walker, but it wasn't permanent. And then P.J. Walker threw an interception. And Matt Rule said he wants to have P.J. We wanted to get some P.J. Walker work in. Right. Uh, Cam finished 15 to 23, 170 yards with a pick. P.J. Walker, 6 to 12, 75 yards, touch, and a pick. Cam also and- lost a fumble. It led to a Falcons touchdown. It looks like Cam Newton's head is sewn to his right arm. And when he throws, everything moves together. And... It, it's with the accuracy and arm strength that you might expect that someone whose head's sewn to their arm. Um, the, the Panthers, Very good breakdown, Wilson. Are you a doctor? Yeah. Yeah, me and Dr. Beam have our own practice. The, <laughs> the, Panthers, the Panthers are not... This is, here's the problem. Everyone who looks at the Panthers are like, they just need a quarterback. No, they're not a quarterback away. They need an offensive line. Correct. That offensive line is maybe the worst in football. And, and you know the issue if you're looking towards the draft, they have to do it in free agency. Is that where they're sitting right now? Maybe they'll be worse. Uh, they no, might they'll be, be worse. They play the Bucks twice. Then they they might be in good shape in terms of getting off slime because it could be a run on those guys right before they pick. In which case, you're like, oh boy, what do we do? They're five and eight. They started three and zero, oh, so they're two and eight in their last ten games. They still have the Buccaneers twice, and the Buccaneers are battling multiple teams for the top seed in the NFC in the bye. They're going to lose probably all of their games from here on out. I don't even know what the point of Cam or PJ Walker is. If you can't, Matt, what about Matt Rule's pants? How should they be feeling? Hot or not so hot? I, I if if my boss were David Tepper, my butt would be warm if I were Matt Rule because he has a six year deal, is what he signed. Yeah, David Tepper doesn't seem to care about money. <laughs> he does not. And <laughs> coaching coaching staffs and coaches don't affect your salary cap. And there's also right. like you so still got to pay the money though. Sure, but I mean, David Tepper will make that up on a. Like one trade yeah exactly i was gonna say that the couch cushions the the interesting thing about the whole joe brady firing one it was you know occurred at 1 20 p.m last week which was very bizarre timing and then two you bury it on sunday (laughs) exactly but two he also matt rules like you know i didn't really i went i went outside the box and hired joe brady i sort of wonder if tepper didn't influence it i think tepper's got his hands in too much could be if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm I'm pretty nervous about it. Um, it's interesting because Haslam owned, was a part owner of the Steelers, and he didn't seem to learn things until much later. Tapper was a part owner of the Steelers, and you 
you know how that organization works and why it's successful. And it seems like these guys who are incredibly wealthy and used to getting their own way can't get out of their own way. Well, it's also crazy that after three weeks, as you mentioned, they were three and zero, and people were talking about Joe Brady, like, oh, he could be a head coach next year. Yeah, he had interviews last last year for a head coaching job. It's crazy. And now he is could be out of the NFL. He is out of the NFL. He's currently. I mean, tired. going forward, he might not be in the NFL next year. Uh, the buzz is that he wants another NFL job and not a college job. It, it, whatever. Um, the Falcons weren't good or didn't do a whole lot. They just the Panthers were just They're worse. Six win team. They are a six-win. They are team. in the and six-win team is in the playoff race in the NFC. Oh, that's you were going to say they're in the playoffs right now. I guess they they're, well they're 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 half a game out of the playoffs. I guess uh, they they can't make the playoffs, oh, right? Gosh. Arthur Smith, the way he looks, he's aged fifty years this season. He doesn't look like a coach who thinks is a playoff team. But uh, yeah, six wins, six wins. They're six at wins. at Forty ers Lions at home, at Bills, Saints at home. Yeah, I think it feels like two. Minutes. Best case. I mean, if they went three and one somehow in that stretch, then the Bills are missing the playoffs, which is. A, I'm thinking play. they lose the Bills, beat the Niners, Lions, and Saints. That's uh, actually not that crazy. That's, yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, uh, all right, Ryan, say it. There's, there's a path. There is not a path. <laughs> what? All right, let's go. I can't. I don't. Uh, talk we we are continuing on. Thank you. The Seahawks. 33 Texans. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just taking a break. And after, sorry, after that break, I will tell the YouTube chat listeners who won the Brinson Sucks hat. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So the Seahawks beat the Texans 33-13. to 13. But before we do that, mm. we give away this hat. Ooh. And our winner of the hat is Jesse Clark, the oh. real Jay, real Jail Clark. On. Well done, Jesse. Not well done. fake Jesse Clark. That's right. Not the, the real Jesse Clark. Congratulations. You have won a Brinson Sucks hat. Patrick Seeley keeps asking. He doesn't want to win the hat in chat. We're not going to give you the hat, bro. You don't want to win the hat. <laughs> you got to win it. Um, Merry Christmas. I don't want that hat. Don't you send me that hat. Uh, anyway, Jesse, uh, Devo will be in touch with you to let you know how you can get that Brinson Sucks hat. Wear it proudly over the holidays. Tell your in-laws about the Pick 6 podcast. Can you imagine wearing that hat in public and somebody asks you about it? <laughs> like, wouldn't you have so many questions if somebody's hat said that someone sucks? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what would your first question be? I mean, uh, are you Brenton? Would be my first question to someone wearing a Brenton. Like, did you lose a bet? Yeah, there's there'd be a lot of questions. What if the first question is, uh, my last name is Brenton? Why do you hate me? 
Like, F you, bro. What are you dudes coming at me? Like, I oh, want it on a podcast. Pick six be- podcast gets sued because some guy gets beat, beaten up for wearing <laughs> Brunson Sucks hat by someone named Brunson. Who is Jam Slam in chat? Good Lord. Just stop with the, ch- the capitals, man. Good God. All right. Just focus, focus. We're down the home stretch here. All right. Home stretch. Hit that like button. Seahawks 33, Texans 13. Russell Wilson 17 to 28. Completed 60% of his passes. Yay. 260 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Third straight games with two passing touchdowns wasn't sacked, and it looked like it looks like the last two weeks that Russ is kind of getting back now. Back to the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't think the Seahawks are necessarily good by any stretch. They're not, but <laughs> they're five and eight, and they are one game back of the final wild card spot right now. And yeah, if Russ is healthy. I think the biggest loser in this game is Tyrod Taylor, who got benched for Davis Mills for the rest of the season. Yeah. And Davis Mills is you know, whatever. Who knows? Again, he's a, the latest example of a rookie quarterback. Did you see Davis Mills? He completed his first 14 passes for 150 yards. He was on fire to start the game. It was unreal. They were up, I think, 10 to 3, or maybe 10 to 7. At yeah, the- yeah, he eventually came back to earth and they lost. Right. Yeah. So even, but- even when he's at his tip-top best, they're up by less than one. Uh, well, you can't be up by less than one score. They're up by one score against a, a, an average Seahawks defense. This is like Pete Carroll's fantasy because Rashad Penny went off. He did. I, I forgot he was still you know in the league, and he proved, in fact, that he is in the league. And, and, he, and that's I'm sure Pete Carroll's going to go, see, guys, we we had a guy rush for 137 yards, and, and Russell played well, and that's how we win. We run the ball for 137 yards, and Russell plays well, and we win by 20. And they're like, Pete, we played the Texans. Not a big deal. That's and he's like, no, no, no. We're going to keep playing this way. This is how we're winning. Punt team, get out there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, the t- you know what's are- crazy is like the Seahawks because of how they've been playing this season could go four and over their final four games. They could go one and three, and it's all possible. Yeah, and I had them going to the playoffs too. Like uh, right at the beginning of the Russ injury, I thought Gino could hold on because he played well in that first uh, game when he replaced Russ, and then it just went sideways and then right off the cliff. They yeah. got the Rams, Bears, Lions, and Cardinals. I was trying to find who caught there. Was a, Davis Mills has flashed a little bit. Year, he's way. not terrible and you know prisco liked him coming into the draft and he didn't play he was uh, he didn't play a lot at stanford so he has and this is basically his senior year so you know that's one way to look at it and again no offensive offensive line see i just had a chill sounds like we're talking uh no offensive line um and who knows if he's in new england as we like to compare these guys maybe he's a lot better than he is but and uh, the argument. i would be remiss if i did not mention the fact that kaimi fairbairn Hit a 61-yard field goal right before halftime. That was How many the, times have the Texans done that in their history, Breach? Uh, the longest kick in franchise history. But not only that, it was the first time they had ever attempted a field goal of 60 or more yards in franchise history. So they'd never even tried one. And they sent him out there, and he crushed it. Right. And it is the third field goal of 60 or more yards this year. And just the 20th field goal of 61 or more yards in NFL history. Roy Rage. The um yeah, like you can't judge Davis Mills on anything that happens in there. The first touchdown he threw to uh, I think it was Brian, is it Brian Jordan? Brevin Jordan. <laughs> Brian Jordan, yeah. Like, Former Braves great and Falcons great. Yeah, that's right. Uh Brevin Jordan. It was a re- like he, he flashed some, but you just can't tell with what the Texans have uh, around yeah. them. All right, let's keep there's some bad games out, huh? Okay, actually, that's all the games. Look at us. Look at look at us. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's, let's... But we also have to do a Please playoff, don't picture. Do winners. playoff picture and then oh, winners God. and losers. We're moving pretty fast. I got a 10 minutes. 
Well, I got, I got a quick everything. A couple seconds. I got to run down what? the hall real quick. Okay. Run to the bathroom. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah. start in the AFC. Yeah, we don't need Wilson for this anyway because the Steelers don't matter. The Patriots didn't play on Sunday. They're the one seed. The Titans uh, beat the uh, Skunk, the Jaguars. They're your two seed. The Chiefs, all three teams, nine and four. This is a fun race up at the top of the AFC breach. And, of course, the Ravens with their loss and the Chargers with their win, now eight and five. Indy off. A winner for this week. One of them has to, we'll get to him in a minute, but one of them has to be Indy because they didn't even play football and moved way up in the playoff standings. Thanks to uh, how how things shook out in the AFC, Buffalo drops down to the seven seed. That is, I would say that that is as dangerous a seven teams as you could put together. Maybe if Lamar's hobbled, you take out uh, Baltimore and put in Cleveland or Cincinnati. How how many of those seven teams do you see actually making it to the postseason? Uh, six of them. I think we only see one team. And I, I think, it'll, like I said earlier, I think the Ravens probably don't win the division. So it's probably them. You slip someone out the four seed. And like you just said, put the Browns or Bengals in there. And that makes for an interesting playoff. Uh, I mean, you would have. Some, sorry, so so you're the team you have falling out is just the Ravens. Probably the Ravens. And you have the. So you, I mean, it, it sure does look like the Patriots and the Titans will win their respective divisions. Yes. Do so you think it's Indy and Buffalo as the wild cards? If the Titans just go two and two, there they is. win the division. Same for the Patriots. If the Colts lose, the Colts play Saturday against the Patriots. If they lose that game, the Titans could clinch the division by winning on Sunday. So the Titans could clinch this weekend in a realistic scenario. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, I mean, so it feels like the top three teams are definitely in. The Chargers are eight and five just because they have a game up on everyone. Uh, they're in good shape. The Colts are the interesting one because their schedule is just so it's weird. It, it, you know, like they have Jacksonville, they should obviously beat the Raiders. They should have probably beat. And so you win those two games and you have to be feeling pretty comfortable. And then I think if you can go one and one in the other two, which are against the Cardinals and Patriots, uh, you know, I think you're in. So I do think the Colts will make it. And then, you know, what do you think of the seventh spot? You think the Bills get it? I think the Bills get it because they have the Jets, Falcons, and Panthers left on their schedule, and the Bills are beating up on bad teams. So I, I do, I don't, I think they'll lose in Foxborough. I don't know what to make of the Colts and Pats game on Saturday. Indy, Indy could win that game. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. standing for the Patriots pretty hard. Wouldn't be shocked if Indy won that game. Indy's probably going to lose one of Pats at home or at Cardinals. So best case scenario, Indy finishes ten and six or ten and seven. Excuse me. I think the Bills probably finished 10 and 7 as well. But 10 and 7 is not getting you the division. So yeah, I mean, I think both of those teams are in really good shape to get those wild card spots because of the the current tiebreakers. Now those tiebreakers can change a little bit, I guess. Um Cleveland's not going to catch Indy for conference record. But, you know, these they things can shift around based on these final four games. It does it is starting to feel like if Cleveland or Cincinnati want to make the postseason that they have to get there via like via the division instead of via the wild card just because of the schedules available to India Buffalo. Right. And I I mean there are, you know, I feel like Cincinnati kind of controls 
because every team they play, the Broncos, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Browns are all in the playoff race or actually in the playoffs. The Bengals control the playoffs? No, they control. If they win out, they're going to get in. But uh, they, they can control their destiny, and they their their games will have more of an impact than other teams. Is what you're right. Saying. I mean, if they went out, they'd win the AFC North. So it's not even about like the wild card spot. So in that sense, they control their own fate. Wilson, yeah. what do you think about the uh, the AFC side of things? How do you breach as? I I kind of, yeah, I kind of agree with breach. I think we get six of these seven teams that are currently in. Yep. And the team that falls out is Baltimore with a hurt Lamar Jackson and a tough schedule. I was going to swap Cincy and Buffalo, but Buffalo and, and has the Ravens as the North champs. Um, why well, I said the Bengals earlier in the podcast. I don't know if that math works. If the Bengals and Baltimore can both make it with the Bengals winning the division and then Buffalo somehow missing. Buffalo, is, Buffalo is very likely to go three and one. I think. They lost to the Jaguars. They got their doors blown up by the Colts. We don't know. We just, we just don't know. That, that game is is going to sit with me for like eighteen months. The Colts, oh, the Jags game. Just beat the Jags. Beat the Jaguars. Uh, right. Yeah. You lose. The Jaguars scored nine points and you didn't beat them. Beat the you Jaguars lost. and you were getting to eleven wins comfortably. You lost to a team with no coach. Yeah. Pittsburgh's toast, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's it feels like. And again, this can change dramatically. The Bills can lose the Jets, Panthers, or Falcons, and that would flip things upside down. All right, let's go to the – but I, I think the consensus is this is the nucleus, and then the AFC North is sort of a wild card out there, and you know, with the caveat that the Patriots and <laughs> – think it's about time for Brees to figure power outage. Anyway, to the NFC. Arizona still – Arizona and the Rams play tonight, Monday night. Arizona has the number one uh, number one. They're the number one seed. Packers number two. Tampa number three. Dallas four at nine and four, and in firm control of that division with Washington as the seven seed at six and seven. And then two NFC West teams, five and six, the Rams and the 49ers. I feel pretty good about six of these teams, sort of where we were a couple of weeks ago. Six yeah. of these teams feel like pretty good bets to make the postseason. You were on San Fran early, and I was on Seattle early, and that just didn't work out for me. Well, I think San Francisco has kind of taken that New Orleans spot. And that's the other thing. I thought New Orleans would be fine because Jame- we didn't before Jameis' knee injury. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Trevor Simeon wasn't the answer. And, it, 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 I mean, now, I the Cardinals are probably going to win the division. I mean, if they win yeah. Monday night, they're winning yeah. the division. Yes, if they, yes, if they get to 11-3 with a sweep over the Rams and the 49ers, they will win the division. Right. They have a two-game lead in the Rams. If the Rams win Monday night, that all that changes and, and kind of gets interesting. Green Bay is a lock for a top-four seed. Tampa is a lock for a top-four seed. Dallas a lock for a top-four seed. So those top-four seeds could shift around amongst themselves, but they're going to be who and they are more if or the less. Rams win Monday night that would drop Arizona to the three spot and Green Bay would move up to one I was going to ask what are you if you had to put the odds uh or you can rank them it doesn't matter to me uh well, we Arizona, talked about this before you got on I think Arizona Green Bay Tampa you talked about that yeah who would you who would you pick the Packers I said Packers breach made a compelling case for the Bucks and it involves playing the Panthers twice <laughs> I was 51 yeah. 49 towards Buccaneers, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be the Cardinals. I think we keep sleeping on the Cardinals and they keep showing up. So maybe <laughs> they just have a much, much tougher schedule than either Green Bay. If Tampa Bay gets to play the Panthers twice. 
The Panthers are not beating the Bucs. Tampa Bay has the easiest no. remaining schedule. Green Bay has the seventh easiest remaining schedule. Arizona still has to play the Cowboys, Rams, and Colts. And, and it's not like... And know, the Seahawks, who aren't as bad as the record indicates. And it's not like two years ago where you would get to week 17, you were the two seed or the one seed, and you might be willing to rest your guys in week 17 because you, you just wanted the buy. And you're willing to you know sacrifice that chance. Like you need that. People, these teams are going to be gunning for that one seed after this long of a season. So, all right. Well, what about the seventh seed? Who's going to get that? I, I don't. I don't know. Diva are the are the Eagles? I guess the Eagles are off. Are the Eagles going to make the playoffs? The Eagles. Are I feel good about them versus Washington, and they've beaten. And they play Washington. Atlanta. That's right. They've beaten New Orleans. They play Washington twice. Ooh. Uh, they should beat the Giants the second time around. Um, but then it's it's that Minnesota team that is the most insane up and down team in the entire league. You know you're going to get a one possession game in their remaining four games. It's just how many of those they they are able to pull out. Vikings yeah. have uh, Rams at home the day after Christmas in two weeks. They play the Bears next week on Monday Night Football, and then the Packers on the road on January second in prime time. So tough tough matchups for them. Diva the Eagles really could actually it. end up with a Cowboys team. I think I can't try to remember what Mike McCarthy did in Green Bay. Did he sit his guys late? They were locked in. Because, he's definitely a guy who would sit people. Yeah, he is, right? Because the Cowboys could very easily be... Have the division wrapped up, but not be able to get the bye, so they don't care. Yeah. And I, I don't think you really care if you're the two, three, or four seed. I mean, you prefer to be the two seed, but you're not going to risk... You know, Dak Prescott's ACL over going from four to two, right? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, you have a much better shot of getting a home game in the next round sure. if yeah. you are the two seed. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, if if it's if it's a case of win and you get the two seed, then I think that they'll play him. If it's a case of three or four things have to happen, right? To get the two seed, then they probably are like, all right, we'll do a quarter and let's see where we're at and scoreboard watch and then and then pull them or something like that. And it's maybe play, get the two seed and knock a division rival out of the playoffs and and bump, you know, the Vikings or someone else in there. Maybe it's chess. just swap out one division rival for Washington. So there's gonna be some options there. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Eagles. Do you say Eagles? Yeah. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Ugh. That's Sorry, it. guys. I hate myself for it. I like. I don't deny it. You know, the real problem for Debo and the Eagles is that the stupid Steelers lost the Vikings. That would have been a huge help. <laughs> I wish that the Eagles, or I wish the Cowboys could trade for uh, Nick Mullins and then start him. Was it Nick Mullins or was it somebody else? That's a, that's a weird wish to have. Oh, the Week 17 game. I was going to trade for Nick Mullins and start him against the Eagles in Week 18 and knock the Eagles out of the playoffs. Was that Nick Mullins? Yeah, where's... No, I mean, it, the guy that came in Nate was Sudfeld? Nate Sudfeld. Oh, Sudfeld, Nate not Sudfeld. Mullins. Okay. Wait, is Nate Sudfeld a free agent? No, but the Eagles acquired Nick Mullins and then cut him this offseason, so that's why I was like, Nick Mullins. Oh, right, 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 right. All right sorry, sorry. Everything about 2020 gets muddled. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'd probably go Philly right now. Nah, I'm going Philly. Yeah, Washington looked bad. Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, I get it, guys. All right. Um, okay. Type Nate Sudfeld in the chat. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Nick Mullins. Whatever. <laughs> Winners and losers. Wilson, would you like to go first? Or you want to get deferred to breach? 
Um, let's see. You know what? My winner is going to be. I'll use the one that I use my you. Um, Michael Parsons. He was huge in helping the Cowboys win that game. As Breach noted, the the uh, offense is still sort of finding its way, which seems like a weird thing to say about the Cowboys. They obviously they didn't need to win that game, but it, it certainly helped them in their in their quest to win the division because that wasn't uh, has yet to be locked up. So Micah Parsons balling out. We've had the defensive uh, player of the year conversation with Micah rookie of the years in the bag. So I'll give Micah and his two sacks a strip sack that would led to a touchdown. He's my winner. That is a solid winner, Wilson. Should I stick with uh, the Cowboys theme? I will not. <laughs> I My winner is... Who did, you, who did you ask that question to? He asked and answered his own question. Yeah, uh, can I do that? I'll do that against the rules. My winner is Tom Brady. Uh, the man is 44 years old, and he just keeps winning. He dom- has dominated the Bills' entire career, dominated New England, dominates them now, wins with an overtime touchdown pass to a guy who didn't even catch a pass the entire freaking game. Mm. Uh, Tom Brady always gets the last laugh, and now he's probably going to win MVP. Tom and he Brady. ran for 17 yards. And he ran for and had a 12-yard run. He had more first-half first rushing attempts than the Bills. By the way, his slot, yeah, the Bills ran the ball. Their first run came in like the third quarter. That was Josh Allen. Yeah. And by the way, the, the quarterback slide that Tom Brady did in the first half was like some butthole trying to break up two at second base. He was like trying to, <laughs> trying to take out the shortstop. It was hey, like insane. His Tom Brady slide at the end of runs is this. It, it it screams, you can't touch me. I know it and you know it. And I dare you yep. to do something. So I'm going to do this little pop-up slide that's a very obnoxious. Bikes high. He kicked Ed Reed in the groin area a few years ago. That's like right. that was the, the first one of those. He's had a couple of dirty slides this year, but Breach likes him. That's his player of the game. My winner, winner didn't even play this week. Hmm. What? That's right. The Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz and Frank Wright, who are seven and six and on their by resting Jonathan Taylor. He's at home sleeping the garlands on the on the mantle the trees all lit up he's having the time of his life not playing football enjoying sitting around the house and they were out of the playoffs coming into this week and they jumped into the playoffs because of multiple losses buffalo loses cincinnati loses yes denver and cleveland won but because of the way that things shook out with the bengal's losing and then the Bengals losing in overtime to the 49ers. Stop saying it. And I don't know if you remember the Bengals lost. Because of all these things, the Colts leap My into the My internet just went out. <laughs> the Colts leap into the playoffs and now look very well positioned to go to the postseason. I really don't think anybody out there in the AFC wants to see the Colts in the playoffs. Or the Bengals. Most Bengals of the, are not the playoffs. You're a winner, Wilson. Ow. Loser, my loser. You're a loser, excuse me. Uh, Urban Meyer would be an obvious choice, but I'm not going to go with Urban Meyer. I'm going to go with Urban Meyer's staff, his players, everyone associated with the Jaguars organization, not named Urban Meyer. You guys are all losers because you have to put up with this crazy person who reportedly is saying all sort of insane things like prove to me that you're a winner, even though I hired you. I I mean, if that's any, any part of that's true. And I sort of feel like it is because he said in his postgame press conference that these leakers I'm going to fire. You don't say that if you're, you know, Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin or John Harbaugh. Uh, so everyone but Urban Meyer in the Jaguars organization, I feel like is a loser this week, and that's through no fault of their own. Uh, my loser is the Raiders. You, they had to decide to hold a team dance on the Chiefs logo at midfield, mm. and then they went out and fell flat on their face. Uh, usually, when you dance on someone's logo in a road game, you come out and back it up and maybe win. And the Raiders did the opposite of that because they got destroyed. 
That is a pretty good choice. It's okay. I'm trying to think. Oh. That's installing because he needs one. Did I steal yeah. it? Or did Wilson steal it? No, you just threw me off because you didn't take the Bengals. The yeah. Bengals are the obvious loser here. Yeah. They so they were getting their butts kicked by the 49ers. Somehow accidentally, drunkenly stumbled. They thought they were going to get a bunch of like skyline chili at 2 a.m. Stumbled their way back into overtime. Ended up in this game against the 49ers. Didn't know what they were doing because they were still so hammered from the night before. Made a bunch of mistakes. Kicked a field goal after running the ball into the goal line. And blew their playoff chances into oblivion by being very Bengalsy. So the Bengals, mm-hmm. the clear loot, they're at home. You're hosting the 49ers. You're seven and five. You have a chance to write everything to change, to remind people that you are a good team, that people care about you, that people like you. No one cares about you. No one likes you. And mm-hmm. the 49ers beat you twice in the Super Bowl. And then they came to your house and took your pride and maybe took your playoff berth. Obviously, the Bengals are a huge loser in this spot. Ouch. Reach your retort. Uh, my new loser is Brinson for calling <laughs> the Bengals a loser, and uh, I need my Brinson sucks hat somewhere. By the way, how ridiculous is that catch by George Kittle? They just saw it on the replay. It's unbelievable on that third down. Jimmy G skied it. Just whoa. he's pretty good. All right, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If anything breaks, of course, tomorrow we'll have an emergency podcast. Don't worry, Breach. What are you talking about? Maybe something in Jacksonville, Ryan. That's what he's talking about. Jax DeVille retires. <laughs> Jackson DeVille retires. If that happens, we're potting. <laughs> walking away from my mascot game. I can't, do it I can't take it. <laughs> I'm a loser. I can't be a mascot for this guy anymore. All right. Thanks for listening. Urban Meyer probably asked him, what have you won in your career, Jackson? <laughs> You're out of here. <laughs> I'm the Jaguars mascot. I haven't won anything. Yeah. Thanks thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will see you guys. Oh, we'll have a Monday Night Football preview, of course, and we'll be live on the uh, YouTubes after the primetime game. Talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.